Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. I'm actually, I'm actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. It ain't hating on me, Chad. You know I got to do something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Minasa. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Yo, get out of my face with that crazy that's, stuff. That's... The number to call, 347-633-9365. Y'all got to take y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Stud. And now, your host, Chad Works and 
how it can set you up and uh, provide you with some better options if you don't have a whole lot going into tomorrow or sometime thereafter before your you know high school career ends or your high school you know student days and what are some of the other options for you and a prep school uh, was one of those options so i'm gonna have jeff hillebrand on with me to talk about that we'll also talk about gray shirt what exactly does that mean that's been offered to several recruits out there what exactly does that mean is that something to be afraid of does it help you we will address that on the show today we'll also be talking about money in the recruiting game that's definitely a hot topic it is an accusation that is thrown out quite a bit by fans when a recruit flips or is stolen is it just something that fans throw out or is it a real part of the game and if it is uh what do we make of that and would love to hear from you folks today on those topics especially that one hot button topic hoping to hear from you on that one to call into the show today the number is 347-633-9365 again that's 347-633-9365 and again going to be doing three hours that's an all-time long for the gridiron stud show going to be doing three hours of talk on recruiting tonight here on the gridiron stud show so Ole Miss a lot of accusations have been thrown out about Ole Miss and their recruiting and how do you get a bunch of five stars and guys like Laramie Tunsil and guys like that to uh, to, to come out to Oxford, Mississippi. You don't have championships, not a whole lot to do out there. And the whole rebel flag thing and all that. Well, um, some accusations have come out and apparently there is an investigation into Ole Miss's recruiting practices, not only in football but in other sports as well. Uh, for a lot out there, it's going to be like what took them so long. But for Ole Miss, they are uh, vehemently denying it, which is standard practice. And who knows, you know, for real what's going on there. And, you know, again, this is going to be a topic on the show. Um, also, during the second hour of the Gridiron Stud Show, we'll be talking about this very topic, money in recruiting. But uh, those allegations have been thrown out there. And some are saying that this was prior to you know, Hugh Freeze's reign at uh, Ole Miss. He's the current coach for the Ole Miss Rebels, the current football coach for the Ole Miss Rebels. Yeah, I just find the timing of this rather curious. It's just always interesting where things just have this um, odd timing. Like this would fall right about now, uh, a couple of days before signing day. Like how do these things happen? Just very, very interesting. And so it was first reported by Yahoo Sports on Friday that these allegations had come out. And it's not, again, as I said, just for football. It's for football, women's basketball, track and field. And, uh, you know, the investigation had been dragging on, apparently, for quite some time. Been dragging on for three years. So, again, that begs the question, why do why, why does news of it come out right now? Basically, these things work like this when the NCAA um, drops this cause of action. The uh, school has 90 days to respond to the allegations. They're saying most of the violations are centered uh, around the women's basketball or track and field programs. Ole Miss apparently was expecting the announcement, maybe not necessarily right at this time. And they're saying the allegations connected to Mississippi's football team are largely derived from the 2008-2011 tenure again of former football head coach Houston Nutt. 
Hugh Freeze came on as coach for Ole Miss in 2011. But since Houston Nuts' time at Ole Miss, uh, the Rebels have had quite the, the boom in recruiting. So, no, let's not bury our heads in the sand and act like we don't know, you know, what's going on. I'm not here to play dumb with you folks. While these is saying that these allegations have something to do with the tenure of Houston Nuts. Everybody wants to know what's been going on since Hugh Freeze got there. As you know, uh, Ole Miss has been quite the uh, football recruiter since he has stepped on campus. So uh, we'll see where this goes. And again, you know, for those of you bloodthirsty and uh, you know ready to get your pom poms out because Ole Miss has been caught riding dirty, I'm going to say it to you again. According to the NCAA, the allegations against the football team primarily stem from 2008 to 2011. Now, there is the issue of uh, Laramie Tunsil, who was sat for a little bit, had a little bit of a, uh, an issue with regards to uh, recruiting. He was suspended for seven games for receiving improper benefits. He was given a loaner vehicle from a local dealership at Oxford and didn't pay for them. Imagine that. Well, anything stemming uh, from the new regime at Ole Miss really primarily centers around Laramie Tunsil and his improper benefits, but who knows once they go digging in there and they start really, really talking to people what will come out. Currently, currently, Ole Miss is sitting number five in the country, according to 247 Sports' current team rankings in recruiting. They are number five. And as I said, they've done very well for themselves in uh, the recruiting game. Back in 2015, Ole Miss was a, a solid number 17. Now, not anything that's going to bowl you over, but certainly not their best year. They've had some pretty, pretty good years, and as I said right now, they're in the top 10. Back in 2014, Ole Miss did have a number 15 class. And uh, as you know, they were very much in the mix of things this year until they uh, ran into some trouble. But back in uh, 2013, Ole Miss did have a number 8 class, and that's the one that really got everyone up in arms. They led the Nation. Well, they were second to Alabama that year with four five stars. They landed four five stars there at Ole Miss, and that's where uh, everyone started putting up an eyebrow, like, okay, well, what's going on there? What's going on there at Ole Miss? So everyone seems to think that this is about that class. It's really, really not. As I said, it's about that Laramie Tunsil, if you're you know, talking about anything recent and prior to that, 2008 to 2011. But there's still more news to come on that, I'm certain. Uh, speaking of recruiting, which is what we're going to be talking about for the whole duration of this show, uh, how about LSU? Now, they were on the verge. I mean, they were as close to losing their head coach as you could possibly get during this season. I mean, the brown boxes were there in Les Miles' office. Mid-pack, things had been taken off the wall. I mean, Remax was called. I mean, this is as close as you can get to being out of a job. And on the 11th hour, that decision to 
fireless miles was reversed. And in grand fashion, LSU is on its way to having a, a historic signing class, according to ESPN. If all goes as planned for LSU tomorrow, they will be signing 19 ESPN Top 300 members, and this would be a new record. Doesn't matter what recruiting outfit you go to, LSU currently has the number one class. They are followed very, very closely by uh, behind by Ohio State, so they could lose that top mark depending on uh, what recruiting site you go to. But at 247 Sports, there, I mean, there's just a small, small amount of points behind uh, separating LSU and Ohio State. Nevertheless, LSU having a banner year so far in the recruiting, and there are a couple battles still left out there for them. Will they get Trayvon Mullen? Will they get Christian Fulton? And will they pull any surprises? Will Ohio State pull any surprises? These are all things that um, that are hanging on the table on what is, uh, again, the biggest time of year for high school athletes, and that is National Signing Day. And it's uh, upon us, folks. We're right there. We're uh, less than four hours away from that. It's a very anxious moment for college coaches, an anxious moment for high school players, a joyous moment for families. You know, either way, if you've got a kid there that's choosing between several schools, he is indeed going to be getting a full scholarship. And he's going to be given an opportunity. And that's all that tomorrow is about. It's about an opportunity. Some cash in, several don't. And that's the dirty side of this whole thing. That sometimes behind all those smiles that you see there on signing day, uh, those can turn into frowns and a wide range of disappointment as uh, several of those young men are back home in six months to a year. And uh, many times for the reasons that uh, we're told to them. Look out for this, look out for that. You know, sometimes. Sometimes teenagers just don't listen. They have all the answers. But uh, again, tomorrow is a joyous moment and uh, one that will uh, bring a smile to many, many people's faces. And uh, that's really what tomorrow is going to be about. So we're going to talk about that coming up here on the next hour with several reporters. Where are some of the top recruits in the country going to land? I've been saying this for, I don't know, three, four weeks now. I think we're headed for a crazy signing day. May not seem so much right now uh, on this eve, but there are several uh, players hanging in the balance. There are some surprises that are headed each way. I mean, there always are. You can expect that. Who's going to go beyond signing day? Who's going to not sign their letter of intent or... Who's going to sign it but not fax it back? That has been a norm over the last several years. Who can forget Alex Collins' mom grabbing the uh, signing, the, gra- grabbing the national letter of intent and running out of the ceremony with it? She wanted Alex to go to the University of Miami. Alex wanted to go to Arkansas. And a young man held steadfast and went where he wanted to go. Got that to eventually sign the papers. Kudos to him. It's his decision. It's his life. He made the uh, decision that he thought was best for him. 
aside from mom's ploy to not have him go to Arkansas. Now, Alex Collins has declared for the NFL draft and will be a part of that ceremony coming up in just a couple months here. Uh, we had a little bit of drama last year with a couple of defensive ends from the state of Florida, C.C. Jefferson, who was for most of the process seemed like a pretty good lock to the University of Florida. Looked like there would be no problems there. Ended up being a problem. And things were withheld. And it was a little bit of a surprise to Florida fans and the staff. Eventually, things all got worked out. Days later, C.C. Jefferson became a Florida Gator where he played this year. and was a pretty good, outstanding performer in his freshman year. Byron Coward, he was also full of uh, some drama on signing day. Committed to Auburn on national television, and we can all remember the uh, look on Will Muschamp's face as everyone else was celebrating in the war room. Will Muschamp had his hands folded and was uh, not so enthusiastic about it because he knows, having been a head coach, obviously, that nothing matters until that national letter of intent comes humming through that fax machine, and it had not, and it did not, for quite some time, as uh, Byron Cowart was torn between Florida and Auburn. Eventually, he did end up at Auburn, where he still is. Didn't have a huge year. Uh, I don't think he had as good a year as his pal C.C. Jefferson did at Florida. I don't know how Byron feels about that, but that was some of the shenanigans. And we had some, also some other stuff with a young man choosing between Georgia and UCLA, chose UCLA, then the coach left. There's going to be some coach movement right after signing day. You best believe that. That's going to be a new practice. That's going to be a new practice that's going to pick up pace here over the next few years. So uh, we'll get ready for that. All that's coming your way tomorrow, and that's why we tune in, right? We want the drama. We want to know where the kid's going, and, um, you know, a little bit of a sideshow never hurts either, as this is reality TV in real terms. So that's what we have coming for us. I'm going to take my first break. When I get back, Andrew Spivey from Gator Country is going to join me here on the Gridiron Stead Show. Going to talk Florida Gators recruiting. How will the Gators close? We'll talk about that and more when we get back on the Gridiron Stead Show right after this. office do you have? Well, I got about 10. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now, set your profile up, and let yourself be seen. O-M-G. Look at all of this paperwork. Are you a business owner and you're buried under a mountain of paperwork? You need an MVP on your team. And that MVP is MVP Business Concierge Services. They know that sometimes paperwork can get in between you and your customers. Why not spend the time doing what it is you do best? Getting new customers 
handling the ones that you have now. And while you're doing that, you can have an MVP working for you. We know that tax season is the busiest time of the year for business owners. No more missing deadlines and getting IRS penalties for late filing. MVP Business Concierge Services will do all the hard work for you. They will streamline your payroll, streamline your finances, and have you on track. With trustworthy advisors that are very reliable, they will take the hard work away from you and get you back into what it is you're doing best. How do you get this MVP on your team? You call right now, 844-696-8722, 844-MY-MVP-CC, or send an email to info at mymvp.cc and get an MVP on your team today. Chad, how are you? Doing good, doing good, man. We uh, got much to get to here, so let's just jump into it. Florida did well to have uh, early enrollees, one of the biggest class of early enrollees, um, I, I think, ever. Um, but nevertheless, you got to close here. The fans go nuts. So let's jump into it. Christian Fulton was on campus last weekend, said he enjoyed himself, but there's still this menacing thing called LSU. Christian Fulton, is he going to be a Gator or is he going to be an LSU Tiger? What do you say? Yeah, I put it on our site today. I, I kind of put up the final mock class. I hate that mock class word, but the fans like it. And, you know, I, I've kind of said for the last couple of weeks, I, I really thought Florida was going to be the team to, to get Christian Fulton. And I, I'm maintaining that. I, I really believe at the end of the day, Christian goes to Florida. I think that's the place he wants to be. Uh, the, the, probably the thing that's hanging over the head right now is Dad. Dad's uh, kind of made uh, no secret that he wants him at LSU right now. Uh, the biggest question is, is who wins out? Does Christian win out or does Dad win out? If Christian wins out, it's Florida. If Dad wins out, it's LSU. Um, the feeling we're getting and the thing that I think is making me uh, pick Florida is that Christian has told multiple people it's going to be Florida. So I'll stick with Florida. Um, am I confident in that? A hundred percent? Absolutely not. Uh, because Dad is still there, and we all know the influences Dad's can have over us. Sure, absolutely. Um, Tyree Cleveland also on campus last weekend. Choosing between a lot of schools. I don't know how many are real, real players at this point, but it's Florida, it's Texas A&M, it's Arkansas, it's TCU, and, you know, Houston is the team he's currently committed to, uh, but I, for somehow I feel like they're probably out of this thing. What, what's going to happen here with Tyree Cleveland based on what you're hearing? Yeah, it's Florida or TCU. That's that's the final two right now. Uh, the, the biggest the biggest key is is where uh, where does where does Ant and Uncle that's who he lives with out in Houston right now. 
Uh, where are they more comfortable with Tyrese? Are they more comfortable sending him back to Gainesville, uh, to, to the state of Florida? He's originally from Jacksonville, or, or do they like him at TCU? Uh, you know, I, I know Tyree is very big on Florida. Uh, he's very close to Rick Wells, uh, Florida's commit right now in the class. So I spent all weekend with him. Uh, so right now it's a Florida-TCU battle. At, um, at last check this afternoon, Tyree hadn't even made a final decision and hadn't let either of the schools know. Uh, I do know both schools are very confident that they get Tyree. Uh, the thing that is going in Florida's favor right now is that he has family still in the Jacksonville area, including his grandmother, who's a big Florida fan. And then his best fr- one of his best friends in Rick Wells is in the Florida class. So uh, either, either school wouldn't surprise me right now. Um, again, Florida has the momentum, though, having that last official visit. Yeah, what does he mean to this class, Tyree Cleveland? I think this class goes from good to great, and I, I hate to say that with one prospect and because that's a lot of pressure, uh, but when you went into this recruiting cycle, you said Florida needed that big home run hitting receiver. Um, they, they've done very well at the position, getting Josh Hammond, getting Freddie Swain, Dre Massey, and even Rick Wells, but Cleveland's a 6'3 receiver that absolutely dominated the Under Armour All-American game, uh, dominated the week, and I just think that he's a guy that makes this class go from really, really good to a great class to set off its position, especially at receiver. Uh, he's just a guy I, I don't think you can, uh, in the last five years, can pick out a receiver at 6'3 that's done really good for Florida. Florida needs that home run hitting big receiver, and that's a guy in Tyree Cleveland. Yeah, um, I would definitely have to agree with that. And, and, you know, seeing a lot of the games live there, you really do need um, someone who can go down the field and scare the defense. So um, I don't want to bore you with, with the uh, whole Brian Burns thing. It's, it's uh, you know, it's not looking like it's going to be Florida. What Are you hearing anything on that real quick? Yeah, I think that's Florida State. You know, I think Florida State did a really good job of convincing the family that was the best place for him. Uh, Brian is uh, went there on his last official visit and, uh, and enjoyed himself. And I, I just think that's it. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing was Florida State got that last official visit. Uh, I don't want to say Brian's a guy that's influenced by his last visit, but uh, he definitely is a guy that comes off visits very high on that team. Uh, had he signed last week, it would have probably been Florida, but uh, he goes to Florida State this weekend. I know he has a couple family members that are big Florida State fans. and I think they sold out there, and then I think Florida having Antonius Clayton on campus as well uh, might have pushed Brian to go ahead to Florida State. Uh, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a miss for Florida, but Florida did a really good job at that defensive line position this year. With the final uh, minute that we got here, tell, uh, tell everyone what you guys got going on on Gator Country tomorrow with the, the signing day coverage. Yeah, we'll have a big chat starting at 6 a.m. in the morning as uh, Letter of Intent start rolling in. Uh, we'll have uh, several stories going up as well, uh, a couple of nice features on the guys, and then we'll be covering uh, the live announcements of uh, big offensive lineman John Simpson, uh, receiver Tyree Cleveland, and then Christian Fulton, of course. And then uh, as well as the signees are the current commits, uh, as you would say. So a lot of big things happening, and uh, Florida's class is almost done, but those big three are still out there. All right, well, we're looking forward to it, man. And as always, thanks for joining us here on the Gridiron Stud Show. GatorCountry.com will be on top of the National Signing Day for Florida Gators tomorrow. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Chad, for having me on. All right, no problem. Andrew Spivey from GatorCountry.com. Check him out tomorrow for some great Gators National Signing Day coverage. From Andrew, we're going to head out to 247 Sports. Keith Nyberg is here to talk to us about Auburn. 
Tigers recruiting, and uh, they're in it for some big ones here. Let's let's jump right into it. But you know, we've talked the uh, past couple of weeks, Keith, about the uh, about Nate Craig Myers. But I want to talk about his brother right now, Javon Myers, choosing between. Uh, I'm not even sure who Auburn's in there, but is it is, are his choices Nate's choices? Are are they a package deal? Has has anyone nailed that down yet? Yeah, nobody really seems to know. They insist that they're not but they say they want to play at the same school. But let me backtrack to, uh, you know, what we thought once met it was a slam dunk, you know, Nate Craig Myers to Auburn, you know, uh, apparently multiple sources, I mean, and, and not just me, you know, quite frankly, other people reported it before me, rivals, ESPN, uh, that uh, North Carolina was making a serious push. So I started digging around it and it does appear to be the case. And, uh, you know, it, it's closer than people think. Now we thought maybe it, there was a chance that it was just a smoke screen, you know, all that stuff. But North Carolina has always kind of hung around. has always been cautiously optimistic. And so now there is a little bit of uncertainty as Nate Craig Myers uh, gets ready to announce tomorrow morning. Now, is it a package deal again? They say no, but on the other hand, they say they want to play at the same school. Now, for those that don't know, they may be uh, brothers, but they don't play at the same high school. One of them goes to Dade right. City Pasco, the other enough. goes to Cape Town. Yeah, so they're used to being a little bit apart. However, at the end of the day, they both lived in Dade City, you know, right next to each other. So, uh, Nate Craig Myers, we think Auburn slightly over uh, North Carolina. Javon says North Carolina is his, in his final two as well. But I do know that Auburn feels fairly confident about that one. And, you know, they could go to different schools. I don't think uh, – look, brothers do this all the time. I mean, you know what I mean? McKenzie Alexander, McEnroe Alexander, this, this happens. So I don't think it's a gimme that they're going to go to the same school. Now, they may say afterwards, oh, come on, man, we always knew. But – Based on what we're hearing, they're going to make their own decisions. It just so happens that Auburn looks like the front runner for both and recruited them as individuals, not as a package deal. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, just if I'm reading the tea leaves, it does sound like these two want to end up in the same place. So that's some of the drama that you Maybe. have there tomorrow. Yeah. Let's, yeah. yeah, let's talk about Derek Brown. The crystal ball predictions for him currently on 247 Sports has 47% to Georgia, 44% to Auburn. What are you hearing, yeah. and are those numbers wrong? Auburn fans want to know. Well, let, let me point out a couple things. About a week ago, it was 100% Georgia, 0% Auburn. And so Auburn So it's is, trending is, Auburn, let's say. Well, it is. But now, remember now, that's trending in the media. Uh, the kid may have already known. <laughs> you know, It may not be trending right. one way or another in his mind. That's just as information gets out. Now, uh, I might point out, not a lot of info is getting out. I think people were just simply reading the tea leaves. The one, you know, we've heard Auburn – in Alabama, we've heard Auburn at Tennessee, we've heard Auburn at Georgia. That's kind of been the one constant. Uh, we've heard him say out of his own mouth that the relationship with the defensive line coach is an extremely important factor for him. And then he says in another breath that he, him and his family are closer with Auburn's defensive line coach, Rodney Garner, than any other. So, you know, as you start reading the tea leaves, they point more toward Auburn than the other three. Now, does that mean that's where he's going? No. And one other point on the crystal ball. While Georgia still leads, that's because certain picks were made months and months and months ago. And some people, quite frankly, forget to go back and change them. So the trend uh, is heavily leaning Auburn, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what's going on in his head. He is an absolute mystery right now. Now, last week uh, a top three was put out, uh, source very close to the situation, and I caught a lot of flack for this, but I can say with 100% certainty he did have a top three of Auburn, Alabama, and Georgia in no particular order. Uh, excuse me. Auburn, Alabama, and Tennessee in no particular order. Uh, but nobody will count Georgia out. Nobody will ever count them out on a kid in their backyard. So, you know, it, it could go in really any different direction right now. The school I'm hearing the least amount of chatter about is Alabama. Uh, 
but you know, Alabama, nobody closes better than them right now. So, you know, it really yeah. Well, everyone's always afraid of uh, everyone's always afraid of the big red tide out there coming in and swooping in and getting whatever they want. And remember, if you're Auburn, you've you've had guys locked up that have that have ended up at Bama. So, you know, you're always leery of them if you're Auburn. So, again, Auburn feels pretty good. But, again, I, I mean, how good could you feel? I mean, cautiously optimistic is the word, uh, the phrase we throw around a lot, but that's really – that's accurate. That accurately depicts the situation. You know, they're not overly well, I guess, confident, you know. Yeah, I guess, that's what, uh, I guess that's what tomorrow is all about. Right now, Auburn yeah. sits at 16 uh, overall yeah. in the country. Uh, there, it doesn't look like they're going to get a top 10 class. They've had a top 10 class the past three previous, three previous years. We talked about this a little bit last week. Things uh, are kind of trending in the in the opposite direction for Auburn right now. The kind of well, season that they had, the recruiting classes. What do you say about this? Well, remember now, they only have 16 commitments. And so if you look mm-hmm. at the average rating per commit, it's over a four-star. And, uh, for instance, uh, Florida, which is number seven in the rankings, has 25 commits, and the average ranking per commit is a three-star. So if you look at quality plus quantity, yes, the Floridas and Michigans and Notre Dames are ahead of Auburn. But if you just go by the quality per commitment, then they're right up there in the top ten. Uh, also, again, if you're, you're sitting out there with Derrick Brown, if you land Derrick Brown, that's going to bump you up significantly. They're also in play with a few other big-name guys. If you get a Nate Craig Myers, if you land four-star offensive tackle Prince Salmon, by the way, they could miss on a lot of these guys too. I mean, it could go either way. Usually what that means is you'll, you'll win some and you'll lose some, but I suspect when it's all said and done, they'll be somewhere between 10 and 15. Now, if they hit a home run and get Nigel Warrior and Derek Brown, then they're obviously going in the top 10 and maybe a little higher. Yeah, and I'm sure that's what Auburn fans have their hands crossed, their fingers crossed about, hoping that that's how they end up. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming on and shedding some light on those rankings and making a little bit of sense for it. Uh, for us all here. What do you guys have going on in 247 Sports recruiting coverage tomorrow? Oh, it's the usual. <laughs> you know, I mean, they just want to go to AuburnUndercover.com if you follow Auburn. If you just want to know in general what's going on, go to 247sports.com. And we appreciate anybody that stops by. So thanks, everybody. All right. Well, Keith, thank you. Appreciate you coming on. And uh, we'll see how this turns out for the Tigers tomorrow. Thank yeah. you. Take care, Chad. See you, buddy. All right. That's Keith Nyberg from 247 Sports. Auburn Undercover is the place to go tomorrow if you want Tigers coverage. Uh, heading from 247 Sports to one of uh, my favorite guys on the recruiting trail, it's Woody Womack. Woody, how are things going? Are they helter-skelter for you yet, or is this the calm before the storm? Well, you, you know me. I don't get frazzled, so uh, I'm not like Keith. I'm not, you know, he, he, Keith gets a little antsy, uh, so, you know, he gets a little skittish, <laughs> but uh uh, plus, did I hear him say? Did I hear him say that the crystal ball is not an accurate way to to uh, tell where a kid's going? Did he admit that on the radio? There, my my man Woody is. You are ready. <laughs> you have your your knives are sharp today. I can see. No, he <laughs> well, did. Exactly if I can if, if I can reiterate here, Woody, to clean it up, he did say um, while it might be leading Georgia, it is trending Auburn. So um, okay, I just I, I put your gun away, that, Woody. That, I just thought he said. I just thought he said that that wasn't a good way to tell because people make picks and never update them. I, but I oh, maybe I missed well, you know, We'll have to go to the. We'll have to go to the videotape as one of used to say. Hey, uh, let's talk about Shavar Manuel. Okay, everyone thought he's a lock to the University of Florida. I don't know if he's playing some games. 
or if this is something that's real, but FSU uh, apparently becomes a player, as FSU seemed to be a player on a lot of Florida recruits. Um, what to make of that? Is, is is this serious business, or is he just trying to build a little drama for a team manual? Well, I think initially he was set to go to Florida State, and I think you know his stock went down. Remember, this is a guy who uh, initially we were comparing to Byron Cowart when he was when he was like a sophomore. I mean, he was a terrific looking kid. He went to IMG. And his stock kind of went in the opposite direction. So I think he was set to go to FSU. Uh, his stock slid a little bit. Florida took advantage uh, and got in there when all of a sudden his stock's going back up. Now Florida State wants back in. So uh, I, I think the the interest is genuine. The question is, does he stick with Florida, who's kind of been there consistently, or does uh, he go with FSU, who might have been his, his initial, uh, you know, first love? So that, that's kind of what we're waiting to see. Yeah, and, and and so is there an announcement tomorrow? I'm not quite sure on that. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, you want to so you want to talk about getting somebody worked up, right? Ask my coworker Rob Cassidy about committed kids doing announcements. Uh, he, he'll go on yeah, and answer I heard about that. that. <laughs> so, so I, I, he is making an announcement tomorrow, which when a committed kid announces, it, it tends me to believe he's believe he's going to flip. My gut says he mm. sticks with Florida, though. So I, I'm not sure exactly what time he's announcing tomorrow. Uh, I was actually working on the Google Doc as we uh, as we were talking, updating some different times. So I'm not sure the exact time, but he is going to make an announcement at some point tomorrow. Let's slide on over to uh, Nate Craig Myers. You, you may, may have just heard Keith talking about it, uh, where it looked like Auburn was solid. Now it looks like North Carolina is coming on strong. Do you have any intel on that? How strong is North Carolina in this thing right now? Uh, I think he's going to Auburn. I, I just don't. You know, I know, knowing the people that, that are kind of factoring into the decision, I, I think the North Carolina stuff is a little bit of a smoke screen. I mean, you know, I was pretty confident he was going to Auburn, especially when he canceled that old Miss visit late. So my, my, new, my, my word is, you know, he's going to Auburn. I'm going to stick with that pick. And, you know, North Carolina has made a push, but I, I just can't see it happening. I think uh, he's committed to Auburn once before. I think he's going to end up back in the fold there for good. Yeah, um, just I guess one of those one of those drama things again. You know, everyone wants to have their moment here. They 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 better before that tape gets put on their helmet and they're called by their last name in camp. Uh, one last guy, McCole Hardman. Uh, it's Georgia. It's FSU. It's Tennessee. It's Ohio State. Um, give us give us a solid school here for him. Uh, he's definitely going to Georgia. You can uh, that one's a sharpie pick for me. I I can't see him ending up anywhere but Georgia. I think. You want to talk about stirring up the drama? This kid, I mean, he 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 had it mastered, but he, he did too much. He 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 played too much to the point where people realized he was bluffing. So, I, I, he's going to Georgia. I think it's a good gift for them, local kid. I mean, you know, Kirby's got to keep these uh, these five stars up here in Atlanta close to home. I think that I think it's going to be Georgia. He's going to announce early in the day, and then uh, should be it should be the start of a good day for for Georgia with a few targets on the board for them. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. So there are some announcements we definitely need to hang on for. I just can't wait to see Woody, who's uh, going to hold the papers past signing day tomorrow. You know someone's going to do it. Well, listen, Rivals is one of, one of if not the top sites out there for recruiting, uh, one of the grandfathers in this thing, if there is such a thing in the digital world. So what do you guys have going on on recruiting coverage tomorrow? What do we need to know? Well, Chad, I mean, Guess what? I got big news for you and your audience. They are putting me, my face, and Rob Cassidy, and letting us do videos 
all day long reacting to the biggest stories of the day. So the, the, the only question is, how long will it take for me to say something that, that uh, makes them pull the plug on the video series? That's, that's the biggest Yeah, someone might get fired tomorrow. over this decision, Woody. <laughs> <laughs> will I make it till the end of the day uh, without, without saying something stupid? Uh, that's the question. So it's, it's live to tape, so there is some editing opportunities. But, of course, we'll have all the, we'll have the coverage all, all day long. You know, we'll be, we essentially have a, you know, our Rivals.com war room up here in the Atlanta office. We flew Rob up here. We got the video team here. So uh, all day long we're going to be doing that. And then, of course, you know, our whole network of sites is bringing stuff. And, and the new Rivals.com homepage redesigned, a lot of free content, stuff for people to check in on all day. Awesome. Woody Womack uh, on video and live. Hang on to your hat, people. Woody, thanks for coming on to the Good Art Show. <laughs> all right. Talk to you later. All right. Woody Womack from Rivals.com checking in here uh, with a little bit of information on uh, Shavar Manuel, Nate Craig Myers, and Nicole Hardman. All right. I'm going to skip the break so I can head out west and take on uh, this guy here who can put his fingers everywhere in the country, but we're going to keep him out west because there's much to talk about out there, and that is Greg Biggins from Scout.com. Greg, how you doing? Chad, I am good. How are you doing, man? Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for this crazy race that's about to come down here. Kids uh, adding drama where there shouldn't be, and some legitimately don't know where the hell they're going to go tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, my whole thing is, if you don't know, don't sign. And I wish more kids kind of took that philosophy. I think they feel like they need to go ahead and rush. And you see some, always see a, some madness or silliness the, the day or two afterwards. So, man, if you don't know, you don't have to sign that day tomorrow. Just uh, my whole advice: wait till you know 100% what you want to do. I think the stage has been set in previous years for kids to hold on to the papers or hold their decision past the day. It's not as taboo as before, so I expect that we will see some of that tomorrow. Uh, but let's talk about a couple of guys from, from my neck of the woods that could possibly be USC Trojans. First is going to be Jamel Cook. Um, he was in the barn for Florida State for quite some time, went out to Los Angeles last weekend. How did you hear you know, how well did that visit go, and uh, what's the likelihood that he's uh, a USC Trojan after tomorrow? I mean, you know, I was hoping you could tell me. You probably have a better insight. Uh, no, honestly, I, from what I heard, I think him and Keyshawn Young both had really, really good trips. Uh, honestly, when aren't they good trips and you're coming out to, I would say, something California, but I, you can have a great trip if you go anywhere, it seems like. Uh, but I, I think sure. the coaches are confident. I, I think the coaches are, are, are pretty confident that they have a they have a legitimate chance. I know the two have talked about maybe playing together and just looking at some of the schools they have in common. Uh, USC is one of the few that actually uh, is a like school for both of them. So it'd be huge. It'd be huge. You know, they got seven, eight spots left. And, and right now I'm not sure where they're going to go to, to fill all those spots. So if they could go out to, to Florida, a place they've always recruited pretty well and, and get one or two of these guys. I, I think they're feeling a better shot with Young than Jamel. But, again, you never know. I, I think there's a chance. They feel like there's a chance to, to possibly pull in both of them. Uh, which would be a big, big get for them to come down here in South Florida and grab up a couple of guys. Now, Keyshawn Young's been primarily a wide receiver. Are you hearing anything about them wanting to make him a defensive back? I've been hearing that rumor bouncing around. Yeah, yeah, corner. That, that's, that's, the, that's the deal there. I mean, they got, they got plenty of receivers, but they need some serious help at 
uh, on the defensive side of the ball, specifically at corner, and, and just looking at Young and his size and his skill set, I think he's a, a pretty darn good receiver, but I think the ceiling is, man, he could be a special corner. So uh, right now, I think the projection is, is for him to maybe come in as an athlete, you know, let him try to figure it out. But I, I think long term the thought would be he would be an excellent covered corner down the line. Yeah, so I've been I've been hearing that. And uh, if you do see him out there out west, it looks like that's eventually what side of the ball he's going to end up on. Let's talk about Caleb Kelly. He's not announced, but – uh, much of what I'm hearing is Oklahoma. Is there another real player in this race for him tomorrow? You know, two weeks ago, I thought he was. I thought it was Notre Dame. I, I thought they had made up a bunch of ground, and Oklahoma was kind of a school who we, we all thought he had been leading to for some time. Oklahoma recruits the Fresno area extremely well, and that was all the buzz. But then he had, you know, an incredible home visit with Notre Dame, and, and the feeling was, shoot, he might be the, the Fresno guy that actually goes away from Oklahoma very academic-oriented kid, and I, I knew the family was really high on what Notre Dame had to offer. But then Oklahoma had their chance to come back in the home, not just Bob Stoops, but Mike Stoops came in and just hit an absolute grand slam and wowed the family. So now I, I think he's back to lean to Oklahoma. I actually think it's, it's pretty close. But, you know, I feel like Oklahoma was his first offer. Uh, that's where he's most comfortable. And, you know, nine out of ten times with a player – uh, when they're really, really torn, they, they seem to always go with where they're most comfortable. And, and I think for him, he just has more of a comfort level, more of a comfort feel with Oklahoma. So that, that's my guess. But I, I, I do think Notre Dame has made it very interesting for him. Greg, could he be a guy that, you know, is just so torn he holds he holds on to this decision past tomorrow? No, I, I think I think he knows. I get the sense that he knows. He, he, I mean, he's going to be one of the last guys to do it. He's got a, a 530 deal at his school. So, I mean, that's 8.30 your time. Shoot, by then, most people are going to be, uh, you know, two or three cocktails in. So, uh, I, I think he knows. No. I, don't see him, I don't see him waiting uh, another day. I, I think he knows. But, like I said, we're going to be waiting all night in some parts of the country to figure out where he's going to be going. Yeah, that's going to be nerve-wracking for some fans to uh, kind of figure that one out. Well, listen, I certainly wish we had more time, but it's a rapid fire as things are going to be crazy tomorrow. Got some Got a whole lot of guys to run through here, but as always, Greg, man, I appreciate your contribution. All right. Thanks, Chad. I appreciate you having me. All right. Thanks, Greg. That's Greg Biggins from scout.com uh, joining us here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Um, check them out tomorrow. You, you know, Greg is a, a national recruiting analyst. You certainly want to uh, be in tune to scout.com tomorrow and check out what Greg has to say on the ongoings, both out west and all across the country. Um, appreciate him coming on here. So from the West, we're going to head to the Midwest. And Bill Green, there's a serious war going on there in the Midwest right now between Ohio State and Michigan. You know, Big Ten fans are happy to see it. Bill, who's winning that thing? You know, it's close, Chad. And, and I think, you know, Ohio State right now is in the two spot. And, you know, this is going to change by the hour as people start committing. It just affects the total. But and Michigan's waiting on Rashawn Gary right now. If they get Rashawn Gary, that could push them maybe up and above Ohio State. And they're in on some other guys, too, Devin Asiati. I mean, they're, they're poised to finish really strong. But in, but Rashawn Gary's the big thing for Michigan. And that's, you know, it looks like it was a done deal before. Now it might be coming to the wire. Yeah, uh, you know, we've been hearing Michigan. How much of a player is Clemson in this whole thing? And how did they weasel their way into uh, even making this um, – you know, something to be disputed. You know, they um, 
Rashawn has an uncle. It's his mother's brother, lives about 15 minutes from campus, and he keeps telling them, you know, that if the kid would go to Clemson, the uncle would be able to keep an eye on him, look out for him and all that. And they went and visited last weekend. And um, You know, to me, I just think when you're the number one prospect in the country and you have a big announcement coming up, if you don't have a second team, you really don't have an announcement. So everything that's been leaked for the past 48 hours has been Clemson, 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 Clemson. You know, I really expect the kid to probably show up at school tomorrow with a Clemson sweatshirt on, but I think he's going to Michigan. I think this is the smokescreen. You know, I saw it last year when Torrance Gibson took all his Ohio State stuff off his Twitter the day before signing day. That let me know that he was going to Ohio State. You know, I've seen the pump fake before. I know that you know, you got to have a second team or you don't have an announcement. I think Rashawn Gary has created all this Clemson stuff. I think he's going to Michigan, and I think this is just a big uh, pump fake to get uh, get a little a, a little drama going. Oh, that's not fair to Clemson fans who are sitting here with their hopes up. <laughs> um, listen, I think we're going to have this. You know, in years to come, there's going to be Big Ten recruiting before Jim Harbaugh, and then Big Ten recruiting after Jim Harbaugh. I mean, he's he's done some really off the cuff things here. Um, going bowling with recruits, sleeping over the house, and um, and everything else, climbing trees. And now tomorrow he's going to have this big event. Can you tell me a little bit about what he has going on, who's showing up, and what all the festivities are going to be there in Ann Arbor? Yeah, he's got Derek Jeter going to be there. Derek attended Michigan. Um, Rick Flair from the uh, wrestling team, I'm sure one of your favorites. Uh, Phil That's Helms, probably the biggest Hogan. name of them all. Yeah, the poker champion, Phil Helmuth. I mean, it's a, it's a big deal. I mean, the guy, you know, he does so many things that makes people think he's a little nutty. And I think it masks just how hard he works and how hard his assistants work. And I think sometimes people get caught up in the kookiness, but there's a method to his madness. And those guys, you know, he's not climbing trees every day, but he's working his tail off every day. You know, and, and I'll say another thing, you know, the place he climbed that tree was out in California, and he's going to get that kid, yeah. David Long. So maybe everybody else should start climbing trees. And on the sleepover. Yeah, can you imagine that, that? A host of coaches up in trees hey. now because of, I told you, there's going to be hey. recruiting before him, and then what well, recruiting was after him. And then he had the sleepover with Quinn Norton, the kicker who was committed to Penn State. That kid's going to flip to Michigan tomorrow. So, you know, maybe these other coaches better start doing some of the things he's doing. But, but, you know, I say that in jest, I mean, because what they've really done is they have developed so many relationships with coaches and kids, and that and, you, and that doesn't happen, Chad, from climbing a tree with a kid. That happens sure. that day-to-day grind, and that's what these guys do. These guys really grind it at Michigan, and it's led by Harbaugh, and he is, I mean, aside from all the goofiness, this guy rolls his sleeves up, and he goes to work, and he's not afraid to go after – the kid he wants, he doesn't care if he's from Michigan or if he's from California. It doesn't matter. If he wants him, he's coming. So it's kind maybe, of refreshing uh, to see. Like I, yeah, maybe there should be a, a, you know, a little side benefit to all the craziness that's going on, not only with Michigan, but now Ohio State, um, who's you know finds themselves in a recruiting battle that they didn't need to win. Um, I'm looking at Michigan State, who, oh, by the way, um, 
found themselves in in uh, in in the college football playoff, not these two teams. In 2013, they had a 35th-ranked recruiting class. 2014, the 25th-ranked recruiting class. 2015, 22nd. And here they are with uh, the biggest jump right now. They're sitting at 12th. So is Michigan State feeling some pressure now to keep up with the Joneses being Ohio State and Michigan in the whole recruiting deal? I mean, they've elevated their game maybe two or three years ago. And, I mean, in terms of player development and evaluating, I think they're the best. And, you know, when they were beating people, when they had the 40th-ranked recruiting class, now they're getting four stars. So now you're seeing them in the college football playoffs. You're seeing them knock Ohio State out of the playoffs two of the last three years. So Michigan State is kind of the quiet guy in the background, you know, the old Smith-Barney commercial. Remember, we do it the old-fashioned way. We earn oh, yeah. it. That's, not, that's Michigan State. They're not climbing trees, but, you know, they're they're very effective at what they do. And, and they can take a little bit less talent than you because they're going to out-coach you and out-develop you. So that's kind of their thing. But, um, you know, they're a player. I mean, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, all three of them are set to battle for the next decade. Yeah, and that's a big win for the entire conference to have that going on. So, you know, you can call uh, Jim Harbaugh weird and you can call – uh, Urban Meyer, all the names that you want to call them if you're outside of Columbus. But um, those two have uh, jumped into this thing, and uh, they're probably going to raise the level of play for everyone. And they don't need to do it for Michigan State, who's uh, been hanging pretty good for themselves there. So all of it, I think, is a win for the Big Ten men. And uh, it's going to make you being on the show uh, a lot more fun as we come down the road here because, you know, we're gonna, there's going to be so much to talk about. Hey, Chad, we always have fun, don't we? One way or another, Bill, we always do. So uh, whether a coach is in a tree or stealing a recruit from down here, we're going to find a way to have a good time. And I appreciate you coming on the show tonight to uh, tell us what's right, going on Chad. there. Hey, enjoy, uh, enjoy National much. Signing Day tomorrow. And we'll uh, look forward to next year at this time when we see where uh, your son Marco ends up going. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to that day, too. Appreciate you very much, Bill. Okay, Chad. Take care, buddy. All right. That's Bill Green from Scout.com spilling the tea on what's going on up there in the Ohio, Michigan area as Ohio State and Michigan going head-to-head there to see who's going to have the top class in the uh, Big Ten. And Michigan State also boosting their recruiting efforts there as now they look to keep up with the Joneses, as I said. All right. Let's head out uh, now for some South Florida and some Southeast talk with uh, Rob Cassidy from Rivals.com, one half of the uh, television duo that they're going to have on Rivals tomorrow. Are you ready for that, Rob? I am, Chad. It's been a nightmare day today, man. I got diverted on my flight to Atlanta for the show. I spent three hours in a tarmac in Savannah because of fog. It's been <laughs> it's been a go for your boy here. But uh, I'm in Atlanta now, and I'm ready for the show. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, all for a good cause. It's Christmas for the college football recruiting fan and reporters and everyone else involved. So why not get delayed somewhere? Well, I appreciate you taking the time out to come on to the show. Let's jump right into things. You had a crazy day, but what's been crazier than the recruiting? We talked a little bit about it with Bill Green just now. You know, aside from the tree climbing, just fill everyone in on some of the other crazy things that have gone down in this cycle to get a recruit. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, people feign outrage over this. You know, Notre Dame has parked a truck in front of Demetrius Robinson's house, their equipment truck. Jim Harbaugh having sleepovers, uh, you know, showing up to keep houses at midnight and, and doing that stuff. My take on it is I think people – it's really easy for people to sit back and criticize those moves when it's not their paycheck that depends on it, you know? Like, sure. it's easy for a guy like me to be like, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. That's too far, but – if it was my paycheck on the line and I'm getting fired, if I don't land those recruits and win games, I'm going to do that stuff too. So I think maybe we should all be a little bit more, you know, empathetic <laughs> before we start criticizing yeah. the coaches and thinking about how their livelihoods tied to it, you know? Yeah. They're certainly under a, a tremendous amount of pressure. Uh, there's, there are those out there that will say, well, where do we draw the line? We get that they have pressure and we understand that they have big paychecks that they're trying to keep coming in, but, where do you draw the line? Is it at sleeping at a recruit's house or parking a car out front or, you know, the various other tactics that go down? Um, where do we draw the line? It only seems like, you know, this is going to get a little crazier as we go along. Yeah, you know, and it's really up to the kids, really. I mean, where that line gets drawn, if it's working and that is wooing you to go to a school, then of course the coaches are going to keep doing it. If these kids decide, all right, that's a little bit too much, it's a little weird, then it'll it'll correct itself, you know? It's not up to me to judge what's too far and what's not too far, I don't think. It's whatever works. When 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 that's what's putting food on your plate, you're going to do what works. Yeah, and that's kind of how this system works, not only on uh, recruiting, but on everything that goes on in college football. I mean, um, if we run 100 plays a game and we're winning, well, then we're going to run 100 plays a game. And uh, it just seems like everyone just follows suit. Whatever works, it seems to be the motto. And uh, that's where we're headed on that. Well, what's going to work for Trayvon Mullen? He's uh, one of the last big names down here that are that's undecided. You know, is he going to be an LSU Tiger? Is he going to be a Clemson Tiger? Is Clemson just getting pulled along for the ride here like it seems like they are for Rashawn Gary? Or do they have a legit shot at Trayvon Mullen in this whole? <laughs> well, they're definitely getting pulled along for the ride for Gary. With Mullen, he's mm-hmm. one, you know, I've kind of pride myself on kind of having at least some kind of idea what's going to happen with recruits when it comes to these announcements. Mm-hmm. Mullen is a little sure. tougher. He's one of those guys that, you know, I want to say it's going to be LSU. Uh, most of me wants to say I expect him to commit to LSU tomorrow. But there's enough mm-hmm. of me that doubts that, that I would not gamble anything significant on it. I mean, I think Clemson's in it. I think Florida State is in it to a certain extent. It'll be really interesting. I think that if I was handicapping it, I would put LSU as the favorite, but maybe not by very much, Chet. What would be what what would be the cause or you know what what's causing the uh, the late noise on Clemson? Well, you know, I mean, I think that they've got a lot to sell there at Clemson. You know, I mean, obviously you're selling a national championship appearance. Uh, they can sell some playing time there. I think they can sell some success of Florida recruits on Clemson. That's one thing they're selling is when Clemson comes down recently and pulls a kid out of that state they turn out to be pretty darn good. They've had a pretty good track record at all positions on kids that they've pulled out of Florida turning out to be contributors. And they can point to any number of players. They can point to Ray Ray McLeod. They can point to all kinds of people on that team. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. really been an effective pipeline for them. And I think that's an effective recruiting tactic. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and you know, the secondary performed quite well this year. So that's something that's going to be attractive to someone like a Trayvon Mullen. Um, and, and so they, they do have – they do have a little bit of a nugget to throw his way there, but I think most folks feel like he's going to go to LSU. That's one of those things that uh, – what, what time's his announcement, by the way? He is one of the early – or mid-morning ones, I believe. I don't have the schedule in front of me right now, but I, I, so I don't know for certain, but I think he's a mid-morning announcement. Yeah, definitely going to be uh, one of those interesting things to, uh, to, to check on tomorrow. 
we would like to know where indeed Trayvon Mullen is going to end up. He's going to be a tiger. We just don't know if it's going to be an orange tiger or a purple and gold tiger. And that's all that's left to find out. Well, listen, Rob, um, you need to get yourself together here. It's been a crazy day for you. There'll be a crazier one tomorrow. I appreciate you taking some time to come out and talk to us. As always, man, I will see you soon, I suppose. <laughs> yes, definitely. Thank you, for, thank you very Bye, much sir. for coming on. That's Rob Cassidy coming on here from uh, Rivals.com. You guys, check, check Rivals out tomorrow. For nothing else, you just got to see, um, you know, Rivals Woody and Rivals Rob out there talking live with some live coverage tomorrow. I'm, you know, definitely going to be looking forward to that. All right, from Rivals, we're going to head on over to Scout. And uh, Corey Bender joins us here. He's going to talk about what's going on with the uh, University of Miami recruiting uh, has your day been as crazy as Rob's, Corey? No, absolutely no. It's a, it's been a pretty busy day, man. Like I said, I've been pre-running commitment stories all for tomorrow, and like I said, I know here shortly we'll have another announcement coming too from Tyler Bird. So that's all I've been doing, man. I've been pre-running stories and reaching out to many, as many kids as possible, man. With you know, less than twenty-four hours. Let's jump into Tyler Bird. When is his announcement, and what are we expecting? Who's it coming down to? What is Corey Bender expecting to come out of Tyler Bird's mouth? Well, Tyler Bird, yeah, he's been a long-time Miami, a Miami commit. He's been really vocal about Miami. He really loves Miami. But right now, he could be announcing here any moment. Like I said, he's supposed to be announcing right around 9 o'clock, and it's 9.01 right now. But um, like I said, right, nothing's coming across the screen yet. So right now, I expect him to flip the Tennessee. Um, like I said, it wouldn't shock me at all if he does stick with Miami. Um, but like I said, he had a great visit up there, and he said that his visit is a 10 on a 1 to 10 scale. And like I said, Carlin Phillips Ain, his close friend, and he considers, considers him as a brother. He's committed there, and he's been a big part of, you know, why Tennessee's made such a big splash in his recruitment as a late. And like I said, they got him on campus at the right time, you know, right before sign day. And, and I know, like I said, Coach Scott up there, you know, was just at Miami. I know he's played a big role in recruiting him. And, and obviously, his name feels comfortable in the limited time they've been recruiting him. But like I said, as of right now, nothing's came across the screen yet. But um, I predict him to flip the uh, flip the Tennessee. Wow, you think they made that much of an impression, huh? Yeah, I do. Like I said, they made a big. Well, yeah, I definitely would say. I mean, right when I talked to him, he didn't want to reveal too much, but he said he loved the visit and you know, like it was a ten on the one to ten scale. And they like said it wouldn't shock me whatsoever if he does with Miami because, like I was saying before, he's been real vocal about Miami and just, you know, like I said, he's been one of the main guys to recruit guys in that class as well. Um, so, like, once I found out that he was taking that visit and there's a good chance that, you know, Tennessee could possibly get him, he's one of the one guys I wouldn't expect to maybe even possibly flip to any school. So, he's one guy I didn't really expect this to come from at the very end like this, but um, Tennessee should be feeling really good right now. But, like I said, it wouldn't shock me at all if he does stick with Miami. We'll see what he does here at any moment. Yeah, um, we're definitely looking forward to that announcement. I know University of Miami fans are, are hoping you're wrong on that, and they are anxiously awaiting that. Well, how about Romeo Finley? He's another one hanging in the balance here. What do you think he ends up doing? Yeah, well, yeah, Romeo Finley, yeah, he committed earlier on. He committed to Miami, obviously. And with him, like I said, he's a lifelong Miami fan. And, you know, Georgia Tech's the one school that, you know, held the lead in his recruitment for almost a half a year. And I know Clemson made a strong late push. They're always involved, but they get more involved towards the end. He took a visit up there on the 22nd, and he told me after that visit, it gave him something to think about um, as far as, you know, Georgia Tech being his top school. But, you know, once once Mark Rick came aboard and the new staff, you know, really made a strong push for them. They had a really good in-home with them. And 
Obviously, they have got him on campus on the 29th as well this past weekend. And this is a kid that loves Miami. He was a lifelong fan. And, and I, I said before the visit, if everything went if everything went well on that visit and went as planned, I thought he would end up in Miami, and that's obviously what happened. And I said with him, he's a big stage. He's six one, not not too big, but I said he's six one two oh five. Um, but like I say he carries that weight well. He's more of a lean two oh five. But um, like I said, he's a, he's he's a good looking prospect, man. I remember seeing him as a freshman when I remember when he got his first offer from South Florida. And uh, like I say, he's a guy I really like a lot. He's real physical, real good ball skills. Um, real instinctive, like I say, he's a well-rounded safety. He definitely excels in both the run and the pass. Uh, give me your overall thoughts, Corey, on on this class. It's the initial class for Mark Rick. Um, obviously, not going to be a top ten class. Um, you know, Miami had some decent classes under Al Golden. Uh, what do you what do you make of this class, and how do you really grade Mark Rick in the amount of time that he's had to work here? I think overall, I think a lot of it's going to really depend, I guess, on tonight's commitment for me and then Amon Richards. I think if they can if they can hold off Tennessee and keep Tyler Bird, and then they can get Amon Richards back in the fold tomorrow, and I expect Amon Richards to pick Miami tomorrow, I think it's going to be a close uh, battle with Alabama. I think Miami wins in that. But um, for the most part, I think it's a good class. I mean, like I said, you've got a decent amount of four-star type guys. I know Shaquille Quarterman. He's a guy that's early and rolly, good size, pro size, real strong kid, instinctive. He's a guy I think will play sooner rather than later. Um, you know, Jack Allison, obviously he's not going to be playing right away, but, you know, a quarterback in the waiting, a guy you can kind of groom. And, uh, but the other guys, too, I think there's other guys a lot of people don't really bring up as much, like Joseph Jackson. Uh, he's a big, raw athlete, just 6'5", 235, and has some nice upside, pretty high ceiling to work with. And there's a lot of good guys in this class. Like you said, there was limited time to work with with the class that Mark Rick got, and I think they definitely took advantage of uh, – you know, the time they have, you know, getting Finley. And they said, if they can get Tyler Bird, if they can keep Tyler Bird and get Amon Richards tomorrow, I think they're definitely be a good way to end the class. And I think Latrell Williams, I think he was kind of a sleeper pickup too, a uh, real speedy guy. And Malik Young was a good guy to get in ever since, you know, Rick came from Georgia. So uh, they did what they did what they could with the time they had, with the time they did have. And I think overall, like I said, I would grade the class probably like a, probably like a B minus, probably like a B, between a B and a B minus. Well, either way, I think folks are excited about, uh, you know, Mark Rick coming to Miami and the new staff and that there will be some player development. Either way, you're going to need that, whether you get these top guys or not, you know, you're going to need to coach them up. And I think that's what a lot of folks are looking forward to. Well, Corey, uh, tomorrow's National Signing Day. Give us an idea of what you will be doing tomorrow and what Scout.com has in store for you. It's the uh, recruiting fans out there. Yeah, yeah, we have actually a Scout Now TV show that runs all day from, I think, 7 to 7 tomorrow, and uh, we'll have tons of Power 5 coaches that come on, so it'll be running all day. It'll be streamed on scout.com, and um, like I said, plenty of insight, any new commitment, any new news, all us analysts will pop on and provide the updates that we have, and for me, I'll be at Nate Craig's announcement tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock, and um, right before I let you go, Chad, this uh, Tyler Bird, he did flip the Tennessee. He did, so there you are. Uh, you my man, Corey Binder, broke it here first. He was right. Um, Tyler Burt flips to Tennessee. The balls did a job there. So, hey, put one in the win column there for Corey Binder in terms of predictions. There you go. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on, Chad. I appreciate it. All right. Way to be on top of it, Corey. I appreciate you coming on and uh, spending some time here with us on the Gridiron Spence Show. Yeah, thank you, Chad. Have a good one. All right. How about that for a live prediction and then a live announcement, all while the guy's on the show here with us. So 
There you have it. The news is in. Tyler Bird flips to Tennessee, much to the chagrin of the locals down here in the uh, South Florida area that wanted to see him end up in the University of Miami class. Miami gets done in by their former interim head coach, Larry Scott, jumps in there and swoops into town and grabs a grabs a Tyler Bird out. So uh, that's a little bit of a blow, but again, it's uh, National Signing Day. Anything can happen. All right. Staying on the local theme, there's no one better that I could have on to talk about these athletes down here in South Florida, of which there are many, 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 many. And he would know he makes a top 100 class every year and probably gets 200 calls from people who think they should have been in the top 100. Am I right or wrong, or am I low on that number, Larry? Uh, you're probably right there. But that, that thick skin over 40-plus years now just like kind of like, you know, I have those excuses now. If I make a list of 75, I always tell the people who come up to me that they were 76. So, you know, they don't feel so bad. Uh, but, you know, it. the whole thing is – and it doesn't make me any different. It's just that I get a chance probably, you know, when, and cause that it's funny that you're, you're segueing to that because, you know, as we, you know, end this 2016 deal um, tomorrow, I mean, not completely end it cause there's a lot of kids that still mm-hmm. are out there, but I'm, I'm talking about, we start getting right back in the 17 and 18 because college coaches and, and like to see those lists. And, and the reason why I guess they look at mine because I go to a lot of things. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people sure. that sit home and and evaluate. I mean, I saw parts of 110 games this year, and there's very few yeah, people who be able to do that. You know, I mean, it's and and I've always done that, and and you know, it gives you an advantage. It, not so much to tell that the kid's a great football player, but something probably more important. I get to see the character of these kids, and you know, I mean, it's right. And that's that's a thing. I mean, there's anybody people don't realize, but that same huddle film that the the coaches are looking at every uh, you know, every analyst, every amateur analyst, every fan is looking at the same thing. So if that's what they're judging off of, you know that's that you know that would be crazy. And 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 certainly those who do that are looking for jobs all the time because that's not not the correct way to do it because the character could definitely tear away at your team. And you know that you've been involved with enough programs where if one or two bad apples get in there, you know, it could ruin a whole, you know, a whole, um, whole program. And, 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 uh, yeah, so certainly you, and, and you have to recruit that it's way. Interesting. It's interesting that you bring that up because, you know, I do a lot of seven on seven stuff in the off season and, um, it really does allow you to, to get to know a kid. And sometimes what you thought about a certain kid um, is not necessarily it. It changes. So for you, being right. able to go to that m- amount of games, um, you definitely yeah. do have the opportunity to see things that a lot of people won't see. And so, you know, kudos to you on that. But when I sit here going through this 2016 list, it is amazing the amount of talent on here. I, I mean, number 67 is Desmond Phillips. Now, he's someone we played against at American Heritage. And I can remember yeah. one play in particular where he was looking for someone, didn't find it, pulled the ball down and split our defense and, and parted him like the Red Sea and no one could get him. And we're as athletic as they come, as you know, at American Heritage. And these guys number 67 on your list. This would not happen in Indiana. Yeah, no. Well, this, this shows you. Now, that list was at the beginning of the year. And things things kind of change, but with me, you know, I, I kind of get definitive by the second or third uh, different uh, list that I make out, you know, because like you said, there's going to be 
close to about 120 kids from Dade, Broward, maybe the fringes of Palm Beach that are going to play D1 type of football, whether it be at Louisiana Lafayette or Ohio State. And that's what I'm saying. So for, for me, you know, it's the – I always said it's kind of the easiest thing to do because, yeah, you know who your 20, 25 elite kids are, especially down here. Uh, but it's from that 26 to 250 that separate this state from any other because of the fact that, yeah, you know, Texas, California, Ohio, Georgia, Tennessee could go probably one to 100 with us and probably maybe one to 125. But the depth that we have, and not just down here, but throughout the entire state, the depth that we have uh, that could take uh, this state and have almost 450 Division One type of football players come out of this class. And that's not including the junior college kids or the prep school kids. So it's, you know, to come up with a list and, and like you said, to put Desmond Phillips down there, you know, to be mentioned anywhere in a listing, uh, Chad, uh, you know, especially, you know, when being mentioned with such elite kids down here. I mean, I'd be honored to just be mentioned. I mean, and, uh, yeah, absolutely. And let's be honest, Larry. I mean, um, you know, some of these recruiting sites, all of them are, are in the business of making money. And when you do that, yeah. then, you know, you have to compromise a couple of things, which means you don't go and pick all your kids from one particular area. But in all honesty, they could come and grab the top 100 here from Florida and post it up on your site and say that's the top 100 in the country. And it wouldn't be the yeah. worst thing in the world. No. No, it wouldn't. Uh, you know, probably the only thing that we lack are those marquee quarterbacks. And, you know, I mean, and I'll be honest with you, I've seen a lot of the quarterbacks. You know, I saw the kid Franks, and, you know, nice kid, but is he ready to take over the world? No. I mean, you know, I mean, the whole thing with Jack Allison, I had a chance to see him at Under Armour, talk to him, probably seen him for the last few years, you know, and, and, and he he's a tremendous kid, and he's got a lot to learn. I mean, he's, he's, he's so far away from that field, it's crazy right now because he's got such a – developmental, uh, you know, thing to go through. He's got uh, so much to learn. And, you know, everybody, that's why I get a little crazy with some of these people who are placing these kids in the starting lineup, you know, already. And I'm thinking, sure. hey, hold on a second. You know, I mean, it's not going to be that easy, and then not at quarterback, especially here. I mean, you had a, a rare case in, in Brad Kaya, and that's been Miami's fortunate, uh, like, kind of gold pass here because they've got this – quarterback who's a, a potential big time guy one day at the you know at the next level could play at the next level easily and and you could use him as that real real bridge to get that program you know to where you want it to be and uh, certainly uh, having Jack Allison in that fold is you know but we just don't have the quarterbacks that that would be mm -hmm. it other than that I think we you know even we're developing linemen now Chad I mean you know that that was like uh, no, no, like 10, 15 years ago, Florida didn't have sure. Simon. You had Leon Searcy and Curlin Blaze and a couple of guys like that once in a while. But you right. wouldn't have what Ohio and Pennsylvania have. But that's what I'm saying. It's it, We could, with all the skilled – I mean, if you took the skill kids and the DBs that we have here, mm -hmm. and that it just backs itself up year after year after year. You know, you see the number, 62 kids in the NFL from Dayton Broward, closest to them, to that area – was like Houston with like 26. I mean, it's it's not even close. It's a joke. And and I keep telling people, okay, so you have better high school coaches in Texas and Ohio, and you're probably on the overall, and you probably have much better facilities. 
but you don't have better core players. You don't have those kids. You know, you have a, a, a you know, once in a while you're going to get a couple of kids going into the, you know, into the NFL, but not every year, not every year. I mean, and you look at the Pro Bowl the other night, and it, it seemed like every time they popped somebody's, you know, um, whether it was Freeman or, or Teddy Bridgewater or Mari Cooper or anybody else, I mean, uh, uh, Atkins, Geno Atkins, I mean, you go on and on and on, and, the mar- and they're not just role players. They're marquee guys. Guys who are coveted by yeah, top guys, other players. Top guys in the NFL. Yeah. Um, at, at, at shoot, you could name the position. You've got them everywhere. Uh, you know, let's let's talk about something that came up last week, and it's been the big talk of at a lot of high schools. Uh, parents talking about it, coaches talking about it. Um, players not as much, maybe amongst themselves. Um, I haven't been into many chat groups, but it's the new transfer bill that they're talking about where you can uh, primarily it's, you can go to wherever you want, regardless of, uh, you know, your, where you live. And there's some other parts of this too. Larry, you've been around for a while. What do you, what do you think of that? What do you think of the future of high school football down here? If something like that gets passed. Well, you get Orlando and you get Tampa and they're like in awe of this and they're, whoa, what is this stuff? You look at South Florida and this stuff's been going on forever. I mean, so it, it's not, you know, it's we're sort of numb to that. I think kids have been finding their way. And you and I did a tally, I think almost 370 kids over the last two years have transferred. So I don't think right. it's going to really phase South Florida because they're, you know, the kids are going to do what they want to do. I mean, and they have been. And then, you know what, it's, it's kind of like a, you know, people look around the state and they go, you know what, that's like a outlaw area. I can, you know, people go wherever they want. But you know what, if you were given that same opportunity, so would you. And and that's what they've created down here. I think for the rest of the state, it's going to be crazy. And But you know what? It's going to be those superpowers, and that's what everybody wants. Just like, you know, they want those, like in South Florida, they want those four or five teams that are going to be there every year. The Heritages, the St. Thomases, the, um, the Centrals, the Booker T's, those type of programs are built to win every year because they have the coaching, they have the players, they have the teaching, and they have something to offer. I mean, and, you know, and that's why I'm saying, and that's what it's going to be pretty much around the state. You're going to have core groups of teams in the Orlando area, maybe Kissimmee, Osceola in the south, and Apopka up north. And, and you right. know, in Tampa, it may be Plant and, and Armwood, you know. So I'm saying you're going to – that's what this is going to happen. But it's going to happen in everything. And that's what we it really started to see anyway, though, Larry. I mean, it, it, especially in Broward County, it looks like – um, you know, after this 2016 class moves out, it really looks like it's it's American Heritage at St. Thomas and Chaminade in, in Broward County. Maybe there'll be a, a public school that'll jump up here, but it's looking like things are getting more and more centralized to a little handful of schools. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It's it's going to be like that. And then and certainly, see, it's a different landscape in Miami-Dade County, and as you know, than anywhere in the country. Because when you take a look at some of the powers around the, in the nation, they're all basically suburb schools. You take a look at South Lake Carroll, suburb of Dallas, and Katy, a suburb of Houston, and some of these programs up and down the coast. And, you know, look at L.A. There's very few L.A. city powers. But in Dade County... I think three years ago, 
two teams were rated within the top 10, Booker T and Central, in the nation. And I think if you added in that year, New Orleans was 8-2, eight, eight and two, and they were at 26. That's three within five miles of each other. And and there's no other place in the country. And, and that's what I'm saying. They thrive on inner-city football. And that's what, what no other area takes advantage of. Not Atlanta, you know, not the Dallas area, not L.A., none of those other areas. They're all Basque. Chicago is a perfect example. They have 42 deemed inner city schools, 42 in, in Chicago. Chad, only three of them made past the second round in, in football. 17 sure. of them made it past the third round in basketball. See, so that's what I'm saying. In this area here, you look at you, – you throw in Jackson, it, it's been to the playoffs. And you, you throw in um, Carroll City, it's been to the playoffs. And those are all within that, you know, that five, six-mile radius, which is crazy. And, and there's that's why I don't think there's a better pocket than Miami Gardens right into the, you know, inner cities of, of Liberty City and Overtown as far as athletic talent anywhere in the country. It, it would be hard yeah, to – Yeah, this would be the only place, uh, I think, in the country where you could have – schools this close to each other being able to be that successful and that just lends itself to the amount of talent that's concentrated in these areas down here well it is you know a recruiting show so let's talk about some individual athletes out there and we already mentioned him Desmond Phillips I was impressed by him he was once a University of Miami commit who then turned around and flipped to Toledo what can you what was behind that Larry what 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 took place there well, you know, I just didn't think he was comfortable with the situation and you know, he really didn't he didn't really have a defined role and then with the coaching change, you know, coming up, I think it was a you know, I, I've been watching him since he was in the sixth grade and this kid has always been the best. He's always been the fastest, the most elusive, had one of the best arms. In fact, when he was a sophomore, he played wide receiver, so Quentin Flowers would be the quarterback. Mm. And a lot of people felt at the time that that he was a better uh, quarterback than Winky. And now Winky starts mm. in South Florida. He's a phenomenal – to me, he, he's going to be another T.Y. Hilton. That's what he's going to be. He's that type of guy because he, they're going to put him in the slot, eventually put him in the slot. The kid runs like a deer, and, and you don't get as skinny as he is. You don't get good shots at him. You know, he's like a windy, bendy type of guy that, you know, is always moving in different directions. And he's – I mean, I'll tell you what. In the All-Star game, the Dade County All-Star game this year, he's playing quarterback. They were back up to their own end zone. Well, there was a, a blitz, and they had four or five guys. It looked like a wave going over top of him. He got out of that wave, came all the way to the mm-hmm. side and threw a 40-yard strike. So, I mean, it just yeah, shows very, you what type of – Yeah, very Desmond Phillips, no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah, very Desmond Phillips. Let's talk about another quarterback. Um, and, 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 you know, uh, Cato Nelson um, is – Won two championships with different teams. I don't know how many people can say that in the history of hmm. of uh, you know, South Florida or just Florida football. You won the championship with two different teams. Um, definitely a talented young man. Committed to Akron, but FAU has jumped up here late in the yeah. process. Give me an idea of what he thinks is going to happen. Is he going to stick with Akron or is just the lure to play close to home going to be too much and he flips to FAU? Well, I think if he does flip to FAU, it, I mean, it, it, it would be a win-win for both sides. I mean, I think he really has come into his own. He was, you know, 
he's had a kind of a winding road. He started at MacArthur as a ninth grader, moved on to Champagnat, won his first state title as a sophomore. And then as a junior, he went over there. They fell short. He had a lot of injuries. But this last year, I think, you know, he, he really, you know, started out, I think, six, five, missed the first five games. But then what happened was he started take trying to do everything, you know, himself. And that's the one thing mm-hmm. wherever he goes, because he got, he, you've seen him. I mean, he really, I think from a physical standpoint, he may have progressed more than any quarterback in South Florida from a physical standpoint. I mean, he's, he's dirt strong. I mean, he's, he's a strong yeah. kid. He, you know, he spent a lot of time at rehab, rehabbing and was in the weight room. And, and I think he's a tight, a perfect fit for, for, you know, for an FAU. I mean, I think he's a fit for anywhere he goes, but if he, I, I kind of hope he comes, stays down here. Cause I think he, he'll elevate that program just because he's, he's one of those guys with a lot of confidence and a lot of experience. Experience. Yeah, I'm just tickled to death that at the end he ends up with some options, and I was a little concerned that he wouldn't. Yeah. And he would have to take, you know, whatever came his way. But uh, you know, he had a great senior year, led them to the championship, and it's led it to the point where he has some options, and that's always a great thing in this whole recruiting game. Yeah. Uh, here's a guy who had a ton of options and lost them, and then now starting to run into a bunch of options again, and that's Jedrick Snelson who. Um, looks looked like he was going to Minnesota, but then been a lot of late players, and you never know with Mr. Snelson. Where do you, where do you think he ends up? Uh, speaking about three different state championships with three different teams, right there, Booker T. Or yeah, yeah I'll and that. Been in every year. <laughs> he pulled he pulled the Louis Berkowitz in a, uh, but he the sure one did. that topped them all, the one that topped them all was um, the kid Green last year. Remember yet? From Booker T, three with Booker T, and um, he had one with New Orleans, so he had four. So, but uh, oh, Snelson, you know, the thing about Snelson, he's another guy. He came up with Mark Walton out of the youth football leagues, and they hit Booker T, you know, in their ninth grade year, and everybody was really impressed with both of them. And then all of a sudden, you know, a lot of rumbling. Snelson wasn't excited with the offense and this and that. But then, you know what? He, he's a guy that when he got to Heritage his first year, he really found himself as far as some of the things that he could do. He he used everything. And, you know, I, I think of this guy, somebody just needs to light a fire under his butt at all times because he's that type of guy. He can get real, real lazy. But I'll tell you what, mm-hmm. when he plays, he can play. I mean, you know, he's physical. He he gets out there. You know, he's got good speed. He's you know, I think he kind of lured people in the Dwyer game that year with you know like a false oh, yeah. that he was like a four two six guy, but he's not a right. breakaway type of guy. He's going to get caught, but you know what? He'll catch. He is strong. Yards, he will break tackles. Yeah, yeah, he will break tackles, and you're right. But he's not going to flat out just burn a you know a corner or you know on a, on a route and just blow him away every time. He'll do it, but you know against the elite guys who who will be in his pocket a little bit. See, and that's the thing too. He he's got to have to understand wherever he goes, you know, whether it be Minnesota or whether wherever he decides, he's going to get physical. He's going to get physically beaten up. Because those guys are going to try to take him out of his game, and if they know people who've seen it in the past, they'll play on that, and that's good coaching. You know, you know that. Yeah, definitely. No, no doubt. I know about. But I like trying him. to make I like wide receivers like miserable. Yes, it's, I'm in the business <laughs> of that. <laughs> yeah. So that's where we're at. Well, look, um, National Signing Day. Where are you going to be tomorrow? You're always uh, in the middle of all this. Where Where are you going to be tonight? Tomorrow. Well, I'll be. 
in the morning time, I'll be kind of like, you know, in front of a computer because uh, all the guy I leave all the younger guys to go to those signing things because to me it's nice, but I kind of I'm not going to get a lot out of it. So we kind of track everybody right. from there, and then at two o'clock we're going to be at um, um, Twin Peaks in Davie, and we're going to be there all the way till nine. But two from two to six thirty, wow. uh, JT Wilcox and I are going to be doing cut-ins uh, on the uh, Hockman Crowder and Crant show, and uh, we're going to do that from two to six thirty, and then from seven to nine we're going to have a big party over there. All the kids who are signing are invited. Uh, you know, it's going to be great. Uh, we, we, we're expecting like 300 kids. I mean, it's going to be crazy. All these kids are going to come out, you know, whether they sign with a small school or, or a large school, it doesn't matter. You know, they still sign and they should celebrate in the same way. And it's going to be great. Absolutely. I mean, listen, the free education, you just can't beat that. I, I hope none of these kids take that for granted. Um, I've been, you know, hell bent and trying to get them all to understand that. Um, talk to anyone yeah. that's saddled with student loans right now. You are really, really, really fortunate. So um, it's great that you're going to have this celebration. So once again, it's tomorrow at Twin Peaks and Davy. Yep, right there and on uh, 595 and University. To the nine. Right next to your favorite. Uh, I don't know if it's your favorite, but I know that you like to eat at the Whole Foods there. So. <laughs> oh yeah, well. I'm I'm ne- I'll never let you live that down. I'm telling you. Well, you got, your wife is too nice to you, I'll tell you. Oh, well, there you go. I did well for myself there, Larry. I appreciate you. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did, man. Yeah, you did. Well, and where are you going to be tomorrow? I am going to be at the uh, ceremony at American Heritage early in the morning, and then I've got to do some training for some NFL hopefuls um, a bit. I've had a really good time doing that uh, this year, trying good. to train these guys for all the stuff they're going to be going through here in the next month where the the whole culmination of their lives, everything goes into this one workout that they're going to have or a couple of workouts. So I'll be doing that. And then uh, tomorrow night, who knows, man, maybe I'll be there at Twin Peaks celebrating with with all the kids that you're going to have over there. All right, buddy. I appreciate having me on. It's uh, and then this week, our 2017 and 2018 list come out. Uh, The 17 will be the rated ones and the 2018 will be the prospect watch with, video links for almost 150 kids. So everybody make everybody's life a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. Outstanding. And look, something that a lot of these kids look forward to is, um, you know, making that top 100 list. So you ready for the phone calls and the text about why uh, they didn't make the list. You ready for that? Yeah. But you know what? They don't get to me as much anymore because they know during the course of the year, if I don't mention them there, I'll mention them. You know, I always put them out. So, it's not like someone's doing, yeah. I put that 100 list on, you know, like my boy Ryan Bartow, if he makes 100 kids, he ain't going to mention 100, the other 115. And, and we, last year around the state, from January till the end of December here this year, we put out 5,700 kids statewide. So, and that's not too bad, yeah, you know, I mean, to get kids yeah, no from all over the corners. Yeah, yeah, no doubt so, about I mean, it. It's, you get the names mentioned, you get the highlight videos yeah. out there and, um, yeah. If you didn't get mentioned, man, you probably didn't play football. Yeah, exactly. That's you know what I could use you tomorrow. <laughs> I could <laughs> use you to later this week. I'm going to make a recording of that so the parents, when they call me up, I can go. You know what? If you didn't mention you, you don't play football. <laughs> yeah, you probably yeah, but maybe your freshman team somewhere. Yeah, well, I'm I'm looking forward to tomorrow. It'll be like I said, it'll be a long day because I you know I go get into work like five thirty six o'clock, so it'll be there at all the way, and then tomorrow night. Um, I've been doing this show uh, in Seattle, Washington for 25 years. It's like a, a friend who does a national show there, 
and I'm, I'll wow. be doing this for the 25th year. So I, and that kind of, it's like 11 o'clock uh, till about 12, 15 and it's great. And, and I enjoy it. And, and it's, you know, it gives me a chance to kind of like talk about some of the national kids and a lot of people take calls. They want to know all about Florida guys. So Florida guys are always important everywhere. Yeah, we're always in demand down here, one way or another. Well, Larry, I guess uh, you need to go get yourself some rest. Tomorrow's a yep. big day. Thank you for coming on. All right, on. Chad, and, thanks uh, so much. Anytime. Sure. Enjoy yourself. All right, thank you very much. That's the legend himself, Larry Bluestein. Uh, man, he's seen a lot. He saw me play youth football games. How about that? My old behind. All right, well, we need to take a break. I definitely need to take a break, and so when I get back, we're going to talk about the pink elephant in the room, and that's money in the recruiting game. Are we going to act like this doesn't happen? What do we think about it? I definitely want to hear from you listeners out there. We're going to talk about money in the recruiting game. The duffel bag. We'll talk about it when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Are you a property owner or want to be one, but you don't have time for property management? Then get an MVP on your team. Who has time for the letting process, for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning? dealing with deposit negotiations, and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance. 
No one's got time for that. MVP does, though. Get this MVP on your team. You can rely on MVP Property Management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844-696-8722. That's 844-MYMVPCC. Or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. Get this MVP on your team and start winning today. But I'm piped up. See that boy right up. He piped up. See that girl right up. She piped up. Pipe it up. Pipe it up. Pipe it up. Well, an appropriate intro song to uh, this segment. As uh, we just finished wrapping things up with all of our reporters from around the country. But, uh, you know, again, tomorrow's a very joyous day as young men pick where it is they want to spend the next three, four, or five years uh, of their college football career, of their lives. But there is a a seedy underworld that exists in the game of recruiting, and that is the money. That is the duffel bag. And, uh, you know, you hear it oftentimes in social media when a player flips from one place to the other. Like, for instance, tonight we had Tyler Bird flip from Miami to Tennessee. I'm sure right now if you go on social media – Someone out there is saying something about, oh, a duffel bag or money was offered. And uh, you know what? The accusation gets thrown out there so much that we don't really pay attention to it. But the truth of the matter is, folks, is that there are duffel bags and that money is played, uh, is a part of the recruiting process. And I'm here to tell you that I think it is happening entirely too much. Now, back in my day, the top guy or the top five guys in the country may have gotten some kind of a benefit. Uh, A car was purchased money was thrown their way, and, you know, that's kind of how things went. And the NCAA kind of took some hard lines against it if they could catch him, and we all know about the death penalty that SMU received, and it stemmed from the days of uh, Eric Dickerson and uh, Craig James back in those days, the Pony Express, you know, and ESPN did a 30 for 30 on it. So they paid, you know, a heavy price for it. Nowadays, it's not the top five guys. Everyone has their hand out, and money is being traded, And for certain amounts of money, young men are being herded and pushed to certain schools. And this becomes, irregardless of whether or not that is the best place for a kid to go. So who do you blame? Are you going to blame the college coaches? As was already detailed in this show when we talked about some of the recruiting tactics, that uh, the college coaches are under a tremendous amount of pressure. Um, what about the players? You know, there's a lot of talk about whether or not college football players should be paid. So uh, can you be mad at them if they put their hand out for a handout, they're teenagers? Should we be mad at them if they put their hand out? They deserve to be paid. Look at how long, you know, how many hours go into being a college football player. They can't work. I want to hear all the reasons. We can hear all the reasons. We can run through the long line of Or do we blame the mentors or the uncle or the cousin that comes in late or the mentor, the trainer? All the people that come on and hang on are just trying to ride the coattails of success. 
and uh, maneuver their way into working themselves into a payday. Whatever the case may be, I'm here to tell you that it is a disgusting practice. I find it to be just absolutely ridiculous. It has gotten out of control, and it's just a ridiculous process at this point. The fact that for a couple thousand dollars, a kid can be pushed to a school, to a town, and in a program where he doesn't belong, just absolutely disgusts me. Because out of one side of our mouth, we say it's about education or, you know, it's about the kids. But out of the other side of our mouth, we'll gladly take a couple thousand dollars and send the kid wherever, you know, it's on him. God bless him. We hope the best for him. They'll go take five official visits. They'll ask all of the questions that they need to ask, you know, the intelligent ones. What about the education or the business program here or your sociology program? Oh, how am I going to fit in this offense or what am I going to be doing in this defense? How do I fit in this program? Do I have tutors? What about this, that, and the other? All these smart things. And at the end of the day, it all didn't matter because it came down to $5,000 or $10,000 or even twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000. I mean, how much is your future worth, really? It's $20,000 now worth your future if it means you're going to be herded into the wrong program? I'd like to know how people feel about the whole duffel bag issue if you care to call in. 347-633-9365. First of all, do you believe the duffel bag exists? That whole thing. Do you believe that players are getting paid? And if you think so, how widespread do you think it is as a fan? I'd love to know what fans think about this. So again, you can call in 347-633-9365. Oh, what I'm about to say may sound crazy. But to the recruits that are listening out there, don't take that money. And you know what? Oftentimes, before we even get to that, the recruits a lot of times don't even see the money. It'll go to a parent or to an uncle or to a trainer or to a mentor who works up a nice little payday for themselves. And oftentimes, the money is consumed on some material goods that by the time the kid graduates from school uh, is non-existent. Whatever you spent it on is no longer apparent. It's not available. It's not visible. It's been used up. It's been consumed. When the kid reaches the end with uh, a handful of broken dreams, what can you offer him? Money? No, you spent that, and not that the money would help him anyway. I just find it absolutely positively disgusting that people who are supposed to care about these recruits, supposed to care about these athletes, will basically force them into a decision, manipulate them, whatever word you want to use, manipulate them into a decision that is not in their best interest, solely for some temporary gain for themselves. And you call yourself uncle, stepdad, parents. Anyone here want to sit here and argue with me that, oh, well, you know, these players should be paid. And then, you know what, for the institutions that engage in this practice of paying for a player. I mean, what kind of an, what have you set up there for yourself? Can you honestly police that athlete? 
once he gets on campus. What do you think is the mindset of that athlete once he arrives on campus and he knows that he you paid for him to be there? What can you tell him about not smoking weed or observing the laws, let alone the rules of the school that he's attending? Do you think you really have a moral leg to stand on? Should you be shocked at all when a kid acts up, despite the talks that you've had with him? Do you think he respects your ability to tell him right from wrong? When he knows off-rip, rules were broken for him to be there? What about his teammates? Should he respect them? After all, he got paid to be there. Most of them did not. And you know what's the funny thing? These coaches keep their jobs and they get paid solely based on wins and losses. That's at the majority of the places. They're paid solely based on wins and losses. And so the powers that be at these universities will gladly turn their head in the opposite direction when these improprieties take place because they don't want to know about it. The bottom line are wins and losses. And, you know, it's kind of a let's, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Because if you don't win, they'll face fan pressure and then they'll have to fire you. But then the other side of it is, you know, you break all these rules to bring in kids. And a lot of times it's going to be questionable kids, questionable character. And they run wild on campus and they create problems. And then suddenly you're getting fired anyway. Well, you brought what you needed in there athletically and you had to pay for it, but suddenly they're unmanageable because that kind of a lot of times comes with the territory. They're going to go out to bars and punch people or they're going to be inappropriate with young ladies or they're going to smoke weed or they're going to, you know, resist arrest and do all the other nonsense that comes with that. And so now you have a dirty program and now you're fired and they bring in someone who's supposed to, quote unquote, clean up the program. So, I mean, is any coach long for anywhere based on what I just described to you? To when you got to get players. To get players, now everyone has their hand out. And left and right, these college programs are giving into it. You know, some of these people we glorify as top recruiters are only that because they're willing to throw money out there. There's nothing special about what they're doing. They just have no hesitation in saying, hey, what's it going to take? Is it going to take money? Well, here's the money. Yeah, and I'm not going to name anyone specifically because I don't really have evidence, so to speak, which would be an actual seeing of the changing of hands of money. But come on, you have to be a pretty big idiot not to know. And I've heard things. I've heard a lot of things, to be quite honest with you, from trusted and reliable sources. So I know it happens. But come on already. Sometimes the amount of money is so ridiculously small to have, you know, interfered with the process. It's just amazing to me that these things happen. But it's to be expected because now college football is a huge, huge business. It's a billion-dollar business. And wherever there's billions, there's bound to be corruption, and there's quite a bit of it. And the more and more I learn and the more and more I hear, the more disgusted I get by this practice. Where a kid is steered away from where, from the proper place to go, the proper school to attend, 
the proper place to set them up for their future. They're stared away from that because someone had to get paid. Because someone got the uh, quote-unquote duffel bag. It's pathetic. It's disgusting. And when it's family members, I feel it's the worst. But we know it exists. Everyone saw the 30 for 30, the best it never was. You saw the parasites that existed in Marcus Dupree's life, that rode his coattails, that sucked him bone dry to where there was nothing. For your recruits out there, if you get steered in this kind of direction, hey, listen, sometimes you just don't know that there's money involved. But there's ways for you to kind of figure that out. You know, use your good senses that most of you have, but it's really, really awful. I think it's pathetic. And for those who engage in that practice, uh, the mentors who you know, want to walk around and act like they have your best interest in mind. You know those people? Your best interest is them being able to uh, get paid off of your athletic talent before you even get a dime, before you even get a penny. They're going to get paid off of uh, your athletic talent. They put a price tag on you to some college football program. You want my guy, here's what it's going to cost. And what did they do for you, really? Exactly. That they should pick up several thousand dollars. What did they do? Why should they receive that money? It's just uh, horrendous. And it's going on, and it's going to continue to go on. So I'd love to hear what uh, some folks have to say about that. Again, the number to call, 347-633-9365. If you're on Twitter, you know, love to hear your thoughts on that. I just think it's uh, absolutely ridiculous. You know, many people will just turn a blind eye to it. Just feel like, oh, it's just part of the process. And no one's going to have anything to say. We're just going to let it. We're just going to continue to let this thing go by. You feel like there is no victim in this. Yeah, there's a victim. The kids are the victims. They are the victims. To be quite honest with you, it just really when that starts happening, you know, kids are they're stat, they're statistics. Let me get paid off of this kid, and whatever happens to him, happens to him. There'll be another one just like him coming up soon. Next year, the next recruiting cycle. A lot of times, these kids don't even play up to their potential. So what are we doing it for? Just doesn't make sense to me at all. But again, how can you get in the way when folks are getting paid? It's money. We have this new motto in life as to uh, if it makes money, it makes sense, no matter what the hell it is. And in this case, this is what's going on, and uh, you're going to see it happening at an alarming rate, an absolutely alarming rate. So um, very difficult to understand how people can do this and quote-unquote say they care. I guess there's some way they've worked this out in their mind. 
that this practice is okay. Again, I'm going to say it to the recruits that are out there. If offered to you, say no. Yes, college is a grind. It's a struggle. It should motivate you. It should motivate you both for the classroom. The education should have some value. I think we've devalued it in this whole college football, college athletics thing. It's almost like, what are we, why are you bothering me with this classes and this education stuff? You're allowing institutions to just herd you in the classes. Their job is to keep you eligible. Your job is to get an education. Their job is to keep you eligible, and you just allow it to happen. You walk out of there with a meaningless degree, and then you want to say that's an indictment on the system. Here, look, I went there, got a degree. What did it mean? Nothing. That's your fault. And struggling all your life, what's another four years? Go to school, get a degree, work hard at your craft, work hard at the football. And if it all comes together, yep, you'll have that opportunity. You'll play in the National Football League. You'll get paid more than the average person coming out of college. Let's hope, let's hope you know what to do with money. But my thought is, yeah, you know, if you're if you're the one inclined to get paid. To go play college football, chances are you'll probably blow that money. You'll blow your NFL money as well. And then you're going to be looking for someone to blame. And the people you need to blame won't really give a damn. They'll be gone. They'll be on to the next one. There's another recruiting class coming. So if you're listening out there and by the odd chance that uh, you are someone who is involved in that, and that is the reason for your decision tomorrow, um, I don't know if there's anything you can do about it, but I will say this, from this point forward, start making your own decisions. Start distancing yourself from people who feel the need to insert themselves in your life and point and push you in the right direction. Tomorrow is really about you becoming an adult. Going to college now. Get educated so that you aren't taken advantage of. Because to be quite honest with you, when you think you're winning, when you think you're coming up, by taking some money to go to college, really you are just making yourself out to be a victim. That is only the beginning of people inserting themselves into your life, making decisions for you, benefiting from it, taking money from you, and sucking you bone dry. That is the beginning. You may not see it. You're really just going to see it about, hey, I'm going to get a couple thousand dollars. I'm going to get a car. I'm going to get some rims on my car, and I'm coming up, and I'm winning. You lose in the end. You lose. Because it is the beginning of you getting taken advantage so advantage of. So in the odd chance you fall into that 1% that makes it to the league, I guarantee you that person that hooked you up for getting paid for college will be right there to suck out a good portion of your NFL money. And if you can't sell them no now, you damn sure won't be able to tell them no later. And they are into you. They're in your pocket. They're going to be in your nuts. There'll be no shaking them. You will owe them forever. Say no now. Go to school. Grind. Do what you got to do, like many others before you have. Leave that money sitting right there on the table. Put it back in the bag. Give it back to whoever is offering it to you. And go where it is you're supposed to go. The place that you know you're supposed to go. The place that you scouted out. That you did the homework for. That you visited. That you talked to. That you know this is the school that you need to go get your education at. This is the football program you need to play in. 
You can go there, make a grown man, a big boy decision, and tell all these hangers on, these people that insert themselves into your life, to go somewhere. Stand up, bow your back, and be a man. Set out to the phone lines and see if we've got a call here. Caller, you're on the Great Iron Stud Show. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What are your thoughts on the duffel bag? Uh... The duffel bag happens to a lot of high, high, high recruited kids, highly recruited kids, and uh, you know, like you said, uh, sometimes you'll you'll take a trip to a school because of the money that you get, and then you get up there and you you realize this is not the place for you. Um, doesn't feel like home. Um, you took it as uh, you know, you took the money, so you you stuck in a situation where you can't really control what happens other than you performing well. Um. For all these young men, man, I would I would hope that they would sit down and think about the decisions that they make. I mean, because this is a life a lifetime decision. Um, you can take the money and find yourself in a situation where, yeah, you went to this school because you got hooked up, and um, like they said, when you fi- sign that first NFL contract, they come back with a handout talking about, look what I did for you. Absolutely, so, you know, there's no turning them away then, right? Nah, it's, it's an opportunity that you take. I mean, eventually, you know, you're going to have agents that's going to ask for, you know, 1% to 3%, and then you got your friends and your, you know, that you, you want to, you know, see grow with you. But then you got those tag-alongs that's going to come back, and they're going to be basically asking for, you know, 250000 300000 of the money that they didn't shoved out for you throughout high school, which, which you mm-hmm. know, new shoes, new trips, this outfit, that outfit. And then if these college guys are able to give you money under the table, I mean, it's coming from somebody that, that, that has control of the program. I mean, and he wants to see you produce because he wants that program to produce. And if you're not doing what y'all supposed to, you know, somebody may have crossed the line and, and canceled the contract out then. Um, it just depends, what's man. Thoughts on the, I, what's your thoughts, uh, you know, on the whole, you know, the mentor um you know, the guy that, that hangs on, that engages in, in this practice. You know, obviously part of their shtick is to say that they care about the recruit, but what do you feel of these guys? Because a lot of times now it's it's, it's these types, and their mentor could be a step well, a stepfather. Could be. What do you think of these guys that engage in this practice? Well, I've, I've, been, I've been one of those guys, if you want to call it uh, one of those guys. You know, I've had relationships with the Kaylin Lucases and Darrell Summers and the Manny Harrises and the Mark Dills, and I never took any money from those guys. And you know, um, I never went went to those guys and asked those guys for money after they became professionals either. Um, I thought the relationship would last because you know of the personal training. And um, mm-hmm. there there are some guys that that are in it just for the money. They're in it for the aspect of, you know, them getting fame upon helping you. Um, and to me, it's about helping the kid get an opportunity to do something that I've done or that I've seen or that I've experienced because I want every kid to get a chance to go to college. And if you're good enough to make it to the pros, it's going to happen for you. Um, but there's a lot of work that, that's included in that. I mean, there's a lot of maturity has to, 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 um, to be experienced in, in those situations. And like I said, you do find Tiger Longs that they consider runners for agents and um, those guys that feed you and give you whatever you need and support your lifestyle or support the lifestyle that they think that you should have or that you're going to have as a professional and just give it to you as a college student. I mean, 
you know, I've been around a lot of situations that are different, you know what I'm saying? So um, it's, it's good and it's bad. I mean, because you got some guys that have been knowing a kid for years before he even became a high school athlete. And then you got some guys that just tag along because they realize you're going to be a pro one day and they want that money back, um, you know, somehow, some way. Whether you get a contract with an NBA team and you keep them as a tag along or a chaperone or put them on the payroll. Hey, well, you know, some of these guys, though, some of these guys don't even have that much knowledge. Uh, they may not have that much knowledge about the game of football. So they're advising you to go to a certain school and go play for a certain program. They don't really have that much knowledge about the game of football. They just know, um, you know, the con game. And so for the money that they're going to get, they're going to steer you to some program, and they have no idea that that's not the best place for you to be. You don't fit in a system like that. You shouldn't be in that town. You don't need to play for that coach. This place is not the best place education-wise for what it is you say that you want to do. That part disgusts me. And and that's the unfortunate part because those are the people who just got money and they realize this is a way to get get to a young man and be a part of what his future supposedly his future could be. Um, it's sad that you got guys like that, that that really don't know how football works for them and you know putting kids in per- certain positions because they feel that if this kid goes to that program, this this program would do this and that for that kid. Um, it could be a benefit, and it couldn't be a benefit. I mean, if the kid go to the wrong situation, he's the one messed up his draft stock, let alone the potential of him becoming the best player that he could be throughout, you know, college as he was in high school. Um, and, I mean, it's unfortunate because it is some situations like that. Um, it's just bad, man. I mean, I, I, I would I would hope that not only does a kid do research on the people that he's dealing with, but – you know, kind of, you know, look, looking, looking to one of his high school coaches and be like, "Hey, man, you know, wh- what you think would be the best situation for me? Sit down and pray with it your gets family." It's difficult, say, though. You know, when these are family members that do this, so it gets difficult when it's people that you really, really care about that that do this to you. It becomes difficult to say no, or they are very skilled in getting you to think a certain way, and then you know, uh, six months or a year into. Uh, their arrival on campus, they realize they're in the wrong place. That has to be an awful feeling. Yeah, I'm I'm quite sure it's an awful feeling because, like you said, as a kid, you would think that someone will um, point you in the right direction. And, you know, I was just having this conversation, and not to bring up, you know, the guy's name again, but, you know, somewhat similar to what Lawrence Phillips was going through. I mean, as an adolescent, he was going through foster home, through foster home, through foster home, and the only person that he really knew how to confide in was his high school coach. And his high school coach sent him to Nebraska but didn't didn't sit down and teach him how to make men decision or, you know, to understand, you know, what situations not to put yourself in. But how do you tell a young man that and he's, he's only grown up in a foster system where no one really cared about who he is personally. All they cared about mm-hmm. is what you do for me, how much money you make for me. And, you know, with a situation like that, um, you see why a lot of these young men go away to college and then they come out of college and don't have a degree and they go to the NFL and don't make it. You know, their life goes into shambles and then where do they end up on the street? I mean, it's a lot of guys, man, I hear about cats that played at Oregon that was all Americans and walking around Fresno with with helmets on, you know, because he'd been in the, the psycho ward, you know what I'm saying? And. You just sit back and go, why? 
why does stuff like this happen? But you have situations where you, you, you listen to some man's advice that really don't know anything about the game, and he points you in the wrong direction, and you wind up at a university that doesn't fit your personality or doesn't fit your lifestyle, and now here you out here making men decisions, and you're a child, and you're immature. Right. And then what happens? You get on campus, and then, you know, a mature situation happens, and you got to look at it life or death. You know, I'm in the wrong situation. How do I get out of this? And then now all these things start changing again. People start looking at you in a bad eye. You get labeled. Um that's the bad thing about college football, period, because you're going to have people that are just leech, leech on and, and, and want a part of mm-hmm. that fame because they want to see you go somewhere where they've never been. And to me, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I guess they're, I think As I they can... say, they're, yeah, they're living through you. And um, if you allow them to make this decision for you, you're not equipped to make big decisions. And so you get on campus and you do run into situations when – you're on campus, uh, you know, doubly so if you're an athlete, and, you know, you're just not equipped mentally to, to make these decisions. So there's a lot that uh, could go wrong here, and I'm, I'm a, I frankly am disgusted by this process, but to be quite honest with you, it's not something that's going to change. In fact, I think it's just going to continue to get worse because everyone has their hands up. Uh, it's more widely reported as to how much money is being made, and everyone is about can I get mine and I want my piece of the pie, I want my slice of the pie, and so on and so forth, and it's going to get uglier. That's just the reality of it. Well, you know what? College football has been like this for years, and it's never going to change because the fact of it is, you know, boosters are going to be boosters, and if coaches want kids and they realize it's the only way to get the kid that they want, they're going to find a way to do what they got to do. I mean, if you sit back and look at the SMU stories, you know, coaches was going to stay in towns where Eric Dickerson and, and, and uh, Craig James went, you know, buying them cars and finding a way to get to their friends and doing whatever it takes to find a way to get those kids to sign with those schools. And look at those situations. Every situation doesn't end up, you know, like that. And you have a Hall of Fame career and all of those, you know, fanfare. But there are so many situations like that that's going to happen across, the, you know, this college football world. And um, it's a shame that, you know, that's what everybody out for. Everybody out for that dollar. Or, you know, what can you do for me now? And, you know, I'm I'm so highly recruited. And, I mean, you know, I heard your son say rankings don't really mean nothing to him. You know, being a five-star, four-star, three-star, it don't really mean nothing to him. He said it is about playing ball. And right. some of these guys got their head up their ass, and they think just because they five-star that they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Half of them guys don't make it to the league. You know, yeah. half of them guys get there and forget they had a work ethic when they were in high school, you know. Some of them get to college and they become prima donnas and, oh, man, I was ranked this and, you know, man, I I, I shouldn't practice that much. And, you know, that type of shit right there is, is the reason why, you know, you have so many kids transferring to schools and they put that fifth-year rule in. If you graduate early enough, you can transfer to this school. And you know, some what do you think want to though, is the mindset? What do you think is the mindset of a young man who knows he's been paid to play football at a university? What do you think is what What do you think he's like when he gets on campus, knowing that he he live he live in that lifestyle? Because if he knows he got paid to be up there, he's gonna do whatever he got to do to live that lifestyle that he want to live. And if that lifestyle is keeping up with the Joneses, having the Jordans, and Having this and that, he gonna he gonna try to perform at his highest peak. So then that way he can 
keep getting paid. Yeah. Um, what do you think his attitude is relative to his teammates, knowing I got paid here, um, you guys didn't? I mean, you would have you would have your nose in the air like, huh? I, I, y'all just don't y'all don't know what I got. And I mean, everybody in the room probably know what everybody got because somebody got something of you highly ranked. <laughs> Yeah, are you thinking that? Are all highly ranked guys? I mean, I, I, I don't want to go that unless, far. Unless, to say. unless you unless you got good people around you to tell you, hey, don't take nothing from nobody, so that way you don't owe nobody nothing. You know, you came here on for a purpose. You have you made this decision. Did nobody else make the decision for you? And if you are a stand up person, all the things you want in life is gonna happen for you. I mean, you can take the money and. You knowing that you took the money and the reason why you're at this school, and like you said, some of them guys know that the players know because they know they weren't going to get that type of caliber player unless somebody did something to get you there. I mean, yeah. If you ever if you ever see a five star wind up in a max school, you know, trust me, you you'll call me. Like what? Yeah. He, he signed where? Yeah, no, no, yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah, there are some things that happen that uh, will make you scratch your head. Well, we're going to have to leave it at that. I've got to take a break, man. I certainly appreciate um, your your thoughts on, on this topic. That's, you know, not going to go away. But I just wanted to air it out on that. I needed to get that off my chest. Nah, I mean, you're telling the kids right by one. Hey, just start out by not just taking the money and trusting in your abilities to make you who you become. Because if you start taking the money, you just, you're just, a, you know, you're just a number. And I mean... A lot of you guys yep. gonna eventually get caught because the Fed's watching. <laughs> yep, you're definitely gonna be a stat. All right, well we're gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna take a break and again appreciate your contribution on this. All right, bro. All right, uh, that's my thoughts on that. Again, if you want to call into the show and talk about it, it's three four seven six three three nine three six five three four seven six three three nine three six five. Coming up here in ten minutes, I'm gonna have Jeff Hillebrand here from uh, Western Reserve. It's a prep school. Um, definitely something for those who are not signing tomorrow to listen to. What are your options if you don't have a school to sign with tomorrow? There are several. This is one of them. How do prep schools work? How does this particular prep school work? You're going to want to listen to that. I'm going to jump and take a break. When I get back, we'll continue here on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Hey, man, how many offers do you have? Well, I got- to all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now, set your profile up, and let yourself be seen. O-M-G. Look at all of this paperwork. Are you a business owner and you're buried under a mountain of paperwork? You need an MVP on your team. And that MVP is MVP Business Concierge Services. They know that sometimes paperwork can get in between you and your customers. Why not spend the time doing what it is you do best? 
getting new customers, handling the ones that you have now. And while you're doing that, you can have an MVP working for you. We know that tax season is the busiest time of the year for business owners. No more missing deadlines and getting IRS penalties for late filing. MVP Business Concierge Services will do all the hard work for you. They will streamline your payroll, streamline your finances, and have you on track. With trustworthy advisors that are very reliable, they will take the hard work away from you and get you back into what it is you're doing best. How do you get this MVP on your team? You call right now, 844-696-8722, 844-MY-MVP-CC, or send an email to info at mymvp.cc and get an MVP on your team today. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. country who put in the hard work and have earned themselves scholarships. So um, uh, a congratulations to that group in advance from Gridiron Studs to all of you that will be signing tomorrow. There will be many others who do not sign tomorrow that we're hoping that they would. And uh, there may be some of you out there thinking it's over for you. You're down in the dumps. It can be very depressing. You get very angry. You go through the whole gamut of emotions because you will not be on that stage tomorrow and you feel like you should be and you may rightfully so feel uh, like you're being cheated. Well, nevertheless, the truth of the matter is that National Signing Day is not the end all. It is actually the beginning. National Signing Day represents the first day that high school athletes can sign a letter of intent to play sports and attend uh, a college. It's the first day, not the last day. Not the only day. So you are, you know, going to experience a little bit of frustration and, uh, you know, a little bit of anger, like I said. But it's not over for you. You have other options when it comes to um, extending your playing career. And we're talking specifically for football here. There are prep schools. There are junior colleges. There are smaller division schools. And some of the smaller division schools don't begin their recruiting until after the uh, National Signing Day. 
So FCS schools will sit around and wait for some of the FBS prospects. They may not get them, and then they have an opening. Division two schools will start to uh, really, you know, start filling out their classes after National Signing Day as they have recruiting fairs and things of that nature. Ditto for Division three and NAIA. The trick here, as I've been saying um, a whole lot during this cycle, is to just continue, extend your playing career. You never know what's going to happen. The fact that you're not playing in a Division one school that's on television and that's what you forever dreamed of does not mean that it's all over for you. You never know what's going to happen to you over the next four years. You may develop into some NFL prospect. The NFL doesn't only go to Division one schools to find their Players, they will find you. They have a very big budget. Okay, it's a billion-dollar business. They will go out and find you. And that means they will, yes, go to Clemson, but they'll also go to Wolford. They'll go to Appalachian State. Yes, they'll go to Texas, but they'll also go to Texas Southern. They will go to Cal. They'll also go to San Jose State. And they'll find you. If you can play this game, they'll find you. And if you believe that much in your ability to play this game, again, the trick to this whole thing, the aim should be to continue playing and not throw your hands up in the air and say, you know, well, you know, I didn't make an sign on signing day. I'm not playing Division One football. That's it for me. This is not the kind of experience um, that I want. No, if, so, if they're going to offer you money for an education, Number one, that's first and foremost. They're offering you some type of scholarship money. may not be a full scholarship, but a good amount of scholarship money. They're going to pay for your schooling. You should take an interest in it. Now, that does not mean you need to jump at the first thing coming just so that you're on the stage tomorrow. That's not really how that works. And I wrote an article on it today, and I think you guys... Um, if you're a recruit out here that's not signing, or you're a future recruit from 2017, 2018, or 2019 class, you really need to read this article. I know reading is not the in thing to do. Not the most popular thing for you to do. But you should take some time out to read the article entitled, I'm not signing tomorrow, I'm not signing on signing day. Does it mean that it's over for me? not. That doesn't mean you go out and you run out and you grab something just to say that you have something. Some of you have options. Many of you have options that you're not even aware of. <clears throat> Some of you, um, you may have been injured or you were out of school, quite frankly, that just is not well recognized. College coaches, for one reason or another, don't go to your school. So it may benefit you to go to a prep school or it may benefit you to go to a junior college. Maybe you got a late start in your high school career. You're a late bloomer, so you didn't really do much until your senior year, and then you became quite a football player. Or you know what? You didn't even really blossom into a, a great football player, but you want to keep playing. So you can do that at a prep school or a junior college. Don't let your pride stand in the way of your future. Because it certainly can do that. And it happens to a lot of kids. And you wind up doing nothing. You're at home doing nothing. When you could have been continued playing. 
let me be quite honest with you. Sometimes, you know, you can have a really, really um, great experience at a smaller school, a better experience than you would have had at one of the Division One schools that you want to force yourself into. You can have a really, really good experience there. You get to be a big man on campus. You get to be a part of what's going on. Yeah, you're actually going to be playing, not riding the bench, not being treated like a wet noodle. You're involved in what's going on, and you feel valued. And thus, you you know, you have a great experience, and it's still a college campus. You still get to experience college life. And so you could still go have a really, really great time, you know, develop relationships that will last forever, both with your teammates as well as you know, people that are right there on campus. It is college. And again, a good portion of it, if not all of it, is going to be paid for by someone else. So if someone walked up to you and said, hey, man, would you like this new Mercedes? We will pay a great portion of it. $40,000 vehicle, we'll pay $35,000. You come up with $5,000. Man, you folks out there would jump all over that. You jump all over it. The truth is, is that it is a vehicle. Vehicles get old. They run their course. Your education lasts you the rest of your life. And as I talked about in the last segment, um, I'm just so concerned that we have totally, totally devalued the education in this whole scholarship process. It's amazing how we've done that. We're saying it's like it just really absolutely means nothing. That is not the case. It has value a ton more than many of you feel. And so uh, with that in mind, I am pleased to have my next guest on here with me. It's one of those options that you have post-signing day, and some of you are going to, you know, find yourself knee-deep in trying to sort through those options, and this is one of them, and I'm very pleased to have my next guest on with me. It's Jeff Hildebrand from Western Reserve, and this is a prep school, which is a great option for you. Jeff, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How you doing, Jeff? Doing great, great. Um, you know, I, I often get this question, and it comes after signing day, is probably from people who ignore a lot of the other advice I was throwing out leading up yeah. months, months, months ahead of signing oh, day. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, once they're not on the stage on signing day, there, uh, there, there are a ton of questions coming my way, which is why I'm glad to have you on. Tell the folks out there about Western Reserve and, and, and just how the whole prep, prep school um, option works. Sure thing. First of all, I want to apologize. I was at my, uh, my players uh, game tonight for basketball. So I've been, cheer my boys on so and my voice is kind of hoarse right now so I apologize for that but um yeah, no yeah the, uh, the, the prep school uh the prep school situa- uh situation is really something that uh people should uh consider because uh here's here's how it works first of all I, I tell people who I talk to about uh, the possibility of doing a, a prep year first and foremost this thing I say look if you have an offer that you that you like 
it's a good fit for you academically, socially, uh, economically, and athletically, then I tell anybody you'd be crazy to do to do a fifth year. So it's, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's a good fit. And to your point that you made uh, previously, Chad, uh, yeah. some people are so turned off that not being offered by, you know, a, a Big Ten or an SEC school that they think they have to, you know, turn down a, an offer from a Mac or, or, or another sure. conference. That's, that's really good football. And they don't understand that, hey, good football over America. I mean, D3 football nowadays compared to the 1980s before they had uh, roster limits was, uh, you know, it's good, it's good football. So I tell them that. So. There's been kids who've uh, you know who've looked into it who have you know offers from uh, you know some very good schools. I'm like, you want to reconsider. But that being said, um, the typical person that does come to come to me for uh, a prep school situation is the number of things that make sense. First of all, um, they're young for their age. Mm-hmm. I've got a young man this year who's signing tomorrow with uh, with Marist College, and uh, that was a great. That's the same situation I just, just talked about was he's young for his age. He came here, got another year to get bigger, faster, stronger, get more opportunities as far as, you know, the college process to uh, to get looked at, and now he's he's going to a great a great school over at Marist. Mm-hmm. So he has a, a big day tomorrow. The other situation would be a young man who uh, who gets hurt. Um, and unfortunately, as you know, that's part of the game. And, uh, you yeah. know, colleges, colleges do, you know, drop offers after an injury. That's just part of the business is, you know, is how it is, and they have to prove themselves that they can come back from injury. So I had a young man this past year, again, another uh, post-grad we call him PG, who um, had a situation where you know he got hurt in his senior year, only played a few games, and now he's going to uh, uh, as another offer, uh, a couple offers that he had to um, to choose from. So he's you know very happy. So we're talking kids who are young, kids who got hurt, and then there's the kid. Um, like I said before, this, this is more unusual, but it does happen where this, this kid may have played basketball you know, all through high school and never played football. He wants to try the football recruiting process. So he'll do a PG mm-hmm. year and uh, you know, to, get, to get film and to get work at being a football player and get recruited that way, which which does happen, as you know. Those uh, right. you know, athletes are athletes, so that's an opportunity for them to do that. And the other one is uh, you know, a man who it happens a lot even though you know these colleges have these great budgets and coaches do a great job finding kids, for whatever reason they fall through the cracks. And it, it does happen, let's be honest. Just, yeah, it does. Some, Quite a bit down here too, by the way. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure of that. And so where I tell those guys is look, stop the stop the clock of eligibility, come into a fifth year of high school, which is what it is, prep school year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get ex- bigger, faster, stronger get more film, and the big thing is get exposure in a different part of the country with different coaches. So this young man for – I've kids on my team, uh, Mr. Wolf, from up from Virginia, uh, from Maryland, uh, from Texas, uh, you know, even out of the country. I have a young man from Spain who's a great football player who is being recruited right now. And right there's a perfect, perfect situation for him. Obviously, if you play football in Europe, <laughs> you won't get much looks here in America. So sure. you know, whether what, whether you're in you know Dade County and you're amongst you know thousands of great athletes and you get overlooked, you know come up come up to Ohio and another you know great football state 
and uh, get exposure up here. So it's, it's all, a lot of this is, is marketing, and uh, that's what we do. You know, I do for my guys is um, help them, you know, in, in the different market, you know, while they're getting mm-hmm. better at their skill and more exposure and uh, throughout the uh, their fifth year. So the truth of the matter is, so after spending a year there, it's almost like, uh, well, basically it's it's the college pulling from from a high school. Same deal. What's what's so basically what's the difference? The difference compared to uh, their their to a, uh, to a true year high school. school. True. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, our school. You're saying? Yeah. Um, exactly. Our our, our 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 school is a, is a nine through twelve. And a post grad uh, school. Mm-hmm. We have you know ninth through twelfth graders, which what's most of my team is, is comprised of you know uh, high schoolers, and we have mm-hmm. also you know, post grad players as well. So that's the difference. And uh, the big thing, which is so effective for us as far as you know helping guys, um, you know with their with their exposure and uh, uh, you know getting with coaches, is that we're not just a post grad school. And the reason why mm-hmm. that's more effective for some college coaches, you know, myself, they told me this, is that schools that just offer prep school programs, the same problem they had, you know, if they're in a, in a, in a great football state or a great football city is, is an exposure problem because it's hard for them to stand out. Does that make sense? Right. So here, right. No. I mean, same thing, same, thing, same thing for junior colleges. I mean, so here, you know, you're, you're playing, um, you know, a fifth year of high school, with you know other post grad players and other you know juniors and seniors, and uh, you stand out more for sure. Do you have a limit as to the amount of post grad players you can have on your roster, or you can fill a whole team with it if yeah. you want? No, no, yeah, yeah, we we do have a limit. That, that's by design, Chad. We have uh, at most we, we will probably get you know four or five um, you know post grad players. Again, that's by design because we want those guys again to come here. And have a good experience. And um, again, if I had a, a team of twenty post grad players, that could be a problem again for you know for that player who comes in here. You know, they won't stand out mm-hmm. as much. And um, sure, which is the problem that you know I've I've known kids from uh, my hometown here who have gone to um, uh, prep schools out east. And there's there's tons of prep schools out east, but the problem there was. It's a marketing problem. It's an exposure problem. Again, he's he's going into a market where there's already hundreds and hundreds of, hundreds of already of other post grad players. It's hard again for you know him to stand out. So, college coaches have told me um, again that you know, having a prep school in Ohio, which is which is rare, um, helps them as well. So yeah, we have, we have at most you know five to six. Sometimes you know one or two. And um, let's bottom by let's, bottom line, it works. I've had I've had kids come here. One kid was hurt. One kid had uh, a couple offers that you know weren't great because he got offers from schools that he wasn't crazy about as far as you know the the environment that had the major that he mm-hmm. wanted. And so I had right. kids come here with those situations, and now one's at Navy. His life has changed dramatically, as you know, going to the Naval right. Academy. Another kid mm-hmm. is uh, was a preferred walking at Ohio State, and he has a ring right now from last year. National championship game, and so so it does work, it does work for sure. Yeah, that's that's outstanding. Well, there's the part of this that we can't ignore. Obviously, school's not free; it costs some money. So, what does it cost, and then what can be done financially for someone who wants to choose this option? 
We've been around since 1826. We're the number one ranked school in Ohio for private schools and top 25 in the country. So the tuition is, if you hold on, hold on to your hat right now. It's $53,000. Okay. So wow. for obvious reasons, it's a quality education. Um, what we do is we provide uh, need-based financial aid. So basically mm-hmm. what, what a family needs, you know how this works, what a family needs is what, what we provide for them. Okay. Um, and, and that's, um, what, the same as filing for financial aid for a yep, college? Yep. Is it that same process? Absolutely. Yeah, same process. Okay. It's a very similar thing to doing the, you know, the FAFSA or CSS and um, we work with families once they fill that out to see, you know, what they what they can afford. And we, you know, help them get to the point where, you know, they can afford it. And the the, the thing with that is you know, we don't give athletic scholarships um, mm. because we to make sure we have the right people here for the right reasons. Uh, mm. Let's face it, you know, this, this is not, not not a football, you know, factory. You know, we're not, you know, right. we don't bring, bring kids in there just to, um, you know, get them to, uh, not to play in the NFL. Uh, the benefit mm. of coming to a school like this is is priceless. The reason being is before a young man even goes to college, he graduates from our school, which has alumni all across the world, school, international schools with their kids from Europe, Africa, Asia, South America. These kids have an alumni network across the world before they even start college, which is which is priceless. As you know, networking is uh, is huge for people's future, for kids' future. So. I mean, so, you can't put a price. You can't put a price on that. And we have, like a college, we have uh, an alumni office that helps people get connected with alumni throughout the world who want to help these kids in their futures. This is before you can go to college. So yeah, that's an amazing thing for our kids to, uh, you know, have in their back pocket. Yeah, certainly a thing to consider. What if I'm a non-qualifier after my senior year of high school? Am I eligible to come to your prep school? No, sir. No, sir. Yeah, we're not a a school to uh, come here and you know uh, qualify for grade wise. Um, We do have you know academic academic standards that that to follow to uh, to come here because the school you know is academically rigorous, and uh, and we have kids who uh, you know come here and you know go to the Ivy leagues and the Patriot leagues and those other other schools and um, get recruited there. So yeah, that would definitely not be a situation that would that would work out, unfortunately. If I am a qualifier and I am considering going to a, one of these junior colleges in the Midwest or out West, why would I want to come off of that plan and perhaps go to 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 your academy, your prep school? I would I would say to I would say to you, what's your future goals academically? Do you want to go mm-hmm. to a, to a to a high academic school? But of course, will be a great benefit for your future, or not? Because obviously, mm-hmm. going to a school like Western Reserve Academy, which has a great reputation with you know uh, colleges throughout the country, you know, for being a great school, will be a better benefit for you than going to a junior college. Now, look, if, if all you care about is is, is football, uh, this isn't the school for you. I'm just being straight with, it, with everyone right now. Um, that's just, that's sure. not what we do. It's, you know, we're you know we talk about academics. And developing um, the young man on a, on a social, academic, and um, athletically, obviously. So we're you know we're we're very motivated to uh, prepare people to be successful for their futures, and we do a great job doing that. 
What is your ideal candidate uh, for, you know, coming out of high school? What's the ideal candidate for Western Reserve? The ideal candidate as far as academically um, would be somebody who uh, has a, has a 3.0, 3.0 kind of range. And somebody who, uh, you know, had pretty good test scores, you know, coming, uh, coming, you know, through the senior and junior year of high school, and somebody who's uh, motivated to, you know, to want to. Could go you to, be uh, specific on on those test scores for someone who's considering it? What what would be pretty good test scores? SAT, ACT. Could you give me a rough figure on a on, on a number for someone who's out here thinking about, you know, making this move? Yeah, I would say anything anything over a, t- a twenty twenty one. And you know, they can they can take it again, so that would be a benefit to them, obviously. But it, right. as you know, Chad, it's, it's tough for a kid to get a 15 in ACT and then take it again and get a you know 22. That's you know that doesn't happen. Sure. That's right. just the way it works. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. so someone in that range, uh, who you know who again you know wants to uh, you know, have another shot to, at the college football um, recruiting process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, um. Yeah, I tell my guys is. I said, look, you know, I obviously I coach football and I want to win. It's a big part of you know what I do. Uh, so I have two seasons. My first season is, of course, you know, during uh, our game schedule. And second season is is recruiting season. I want guys to uh, go to the colleges that they dream to go to. You know, and um, when I have a kid say he's committing to a you know so and so college, that that's for me, uh, Chad's a win. It really is. I mean, there's no greater feeling than to have a kid come to you and say, you know, coach. Go offered. It's a great situation for me, and uh, I'm going to do it. I mean, that's you know how that is. I mean, that's a great feeling. Sure. Um, well, Jeff, let me put you on hold here a minute. I do have a caller. I want to you know see if this caller has a question for you, and if not, then we'll probably wrap things up. We've had a great segment so far. So, do you mind holding on for just a moment? No, sir. Thank you. Not bad at all. Okay. Caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. Did you have a question for for Jeff, or you were on something else? Caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. All right, looks like we were just having a a, a listener there. Well, listen, I'm uh, certainly more educated on the uh, prep school process, and um, I appreciate you coming on to tell us about Western Reserve. Um, you know, we're going to have a number of kids tomorrow that aren't going to sign, and some of them are going to fit your profile. So hopefully they're listening yeah. to the show, and, um, you know, they certainly consider this option. Yeah. Hey, uh, Chad, I'll be I'll be down in Florida this uh, this summer and spring to uh, hopefully meet some, some young, young men down there who want to consider a prep school year, you know, going forward. So I hope to meet you down there possibly. And uh, I want to thank you for – uh, this great service you're providing families and kids as far as, you know, uh, how this process works because a lot of, uh, you know, coaches don't do a good job doing that. So what you're doing is uh, great. So I appreciate you for doing that. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. And I, I thank you for taking the time to come on and, and uh, enlighten us on uh, both Western Reserve and the prep school process. Thank you very much, Jeff. Yes, sir. Take care. Good night. All right. It's Jeff Hillebrand from Western Reserve Academy, it is a prep school, and it is one of the options that, um, you know, if you're a uh, higher academic individual that really just fell through the cracks in the recruiting process, certainly an option for you to consider. Um, Definitely something that could, you know, open up some options for you after you spend that quote-unquote fifth year 
of school. Uh, for more information on Western Reserve Academy, you can visit their website right now. It's wra.net. Again, wra.net. If you're a parent right now listening and you know your kids find themselves in a situation where they aren't signing tomorrow or you don't really like the options that are available now, here's one for you. Um, again, it's not just about football, so you know they do need to um, be somewhat up on their academics, and you can get again more information at wra.net. Let me see if we uh, have some callers here out on the phone line. Let's check the phone lines. Caller on the gridiron station. Did you have a question or comment? No, on that. Let's check this one. Caller on the gridiron station. Did you have a question or comment? All right, uh, let me take a quick break here. When I get back, we'll talk about one of the other options that have been thrown out there and some may be considering it tomorrow, and that's a gray shirt. Uh, what's the gray shirt? That's been coming up more and more. It's being offered to athletes out there, to college football, uh, potential college football athletes. What exactly is the gray shirt? Is it something that you should consider? We'll talk about that and more when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now!
back here on the Gridiron Stud Show, National Signing Day Eve show, second annual. I'd like to thank uh, my previous guest, Jeff Hildebrand from Western Reserve, for coming on and um, explaining that opportunity, prep school. For uh, some of our listeners out here, you know, I probably have some nervous parents listening to the show. Your kid's not signing tomorrow. It can be disappointing for you, a lot of angst. You know, we worry when you're a parent. You worry over your kid's future, so um, you're definitely worried about it. So hopefully that is an option that you can uh, consider for, you know, your youngster and uh, see if it's something that could lead to some better options for you down the road. And again, if you missed it, it's wra.net, Western Reserve Academy. You can go there. You can essentially have a fifth year of high school. You don't start your eligibility clock. And uh, when you leave Western Reserve, you have the same five years to play for at a four-year institution. So again, wra.net for more information. Uh, another option that's been more thrown out by colleges and not, you know, certainly not going to be suggested by any of the high school athletes, but it's uh, something fairly new in the college football world being used more and more, and that is the gray shirt. You may be listening to the show and your son was offered a gray shirt by a school. What exactly does that mean? And what's the reason for offering it? Uh, I wrote an article on it and it's up on Gridiron Stud Sports slash blog. You can uh, search for it, gray shirt. Just put gray shirt in the search bar and the article will come up just to summarize things. And if you have a question on it, you can give me a call here at 347-633-9365 in the final 15 minutes that we have remaining in the show. But nevertheless, a gray shirt typically is offered to um, a player that a school does want to have in their class. They feel very good about the player. They feel very good about the future of the player. They just don't necessarily feel like the player is going to be one that would contribute. They're not certain that they would contribute in that first year. So what they're able to offer is a gray shirt. And um, the gray shirt is basically this. You are on scholarship, however, you are not on campus. You're not participating in team activities. You can go to a junior college and take some classes. The stipulation is you can't take more than 11 credits. Because if you take 12 credits, you start your eligibility clock, and that's obviously your disadvantage. So you can be at a junior college. You're not going to be on campus. You're not going to be with the team. You're essentially going to be an enrollee for the next spring for the next spring semester, and that's when your clock starts. And now you're a part of the team, you're practicing, you're doing everything normally. Um, what it does for the school is it allows them to count your scholarship number against the next class and not the current class. So let's say a school has 25 players they want to sign into this class. Well, let's say they have 27. The limit's 25. Um, they have 27 guys that they really, really like. They're trying to find a way to get those two extra guys into the class, and what they can do is offer two of those players gray shirts. It's basically layaway. You're laying those players away. Yes, you get them committed to you, but uh, they're not going to count against your scholarship because they're not on campus and they're not playing. They're not participating in team activities. They're not taking classes. They're delayed. Their entry is delayed. They're on layaway. So that's just some layman terms there for you. So you've got them. 
They're just going to come one semester later. That's basically it. And yes, you are. Um, it is a letter of intent. Um, so you are bound to the school. School is bound to you. Um, it is a commitment to the school. So if you wanted to get out of it, it would be the same process as trying to get out of a, you know, a normal scholarship. And so that's how that works. But uh, it is a great shirt. You, you know, uh, a lot of these kids now that come out want to have the opportunity to play as a freshman. And if you do take a gray shirt, that opportunity is not there. It's not doesn't exist for you. You will not be playing football that fall if you sign a gray shirt. So that's the one big negative. If you really feel like you can contribute somewhere um, in in your fall semester, then you know. Um, you probably don't want to do the whole gray shirt thing. That's basically it. But um, if you can take an honest look at yourself and say, you know what, I probably would have been redshirting anywhere. Here's an opportunity for me to go to this particular school. It might be the best school that has offered me anything. Um, and I really feel like, hey, you know what, if I can take a semester off, I can you know, lift some weights, I can run a little bit more, develop myself more physically. Um, and you know what, I can take some classes too. I can earn some credits. And again, you can't take uh, more than 11 credits, but I can earn some credits and I can also develop physically and then show up in the, in the spring semester of the next year and come in and battle the same way that I would. Uh, maybe this is a good option for me. A gray shirt is not always a bad thing. If you've got other schools of that caliber that you feel you can play for that are not, you know, that are offering you a normal scholarship, then yeah, by all means, take advantage of that. But if this is a, you know, a higher end school than the others that have offered you, and this is a place that you could really see yourself playing at, and they're offering you a gray shirt, then it's something you might really want to consider. Because again, all it is is layaway. You on layaway. And you're just going to have to you know, battle the whole ego thing about not being able to play college football in that first semester, which would be the same deal if you went to school and redshirted. Be the same thing. Um, maybe there's a stigma of, oh, man, they put you on a gray shirt. They didn't even want you to school. You can get by all of that, that peer pressure stuff, then a gray shirt uh, could be a pretty good option for you. Again, you can train on your own. Put on some size, gain some speed. You know, it just all goes into how exactly you handle that semester. Go take the classes at a junior college. Go earn some credits so that when you start off, you you know, you're ahead of the game. And if you can treat that semester off, and I don't even want to say off because you should be doing things that you would be doing anywhere, going to school, lifting weights, running. Um, it's not a bad option. And so for more information on that, you can go to uh, my website, gridironstuds.com forward slash blog, and put in gray shirt. That's G-R-E-Y for gray. Okay, don't put in G-R-A-Y. You won't find the article. Put G-R-E-Y in there, and uh, the article will come up for you, and you can read up on it and see if this is something that makes sense for you. Got all the kind of shirts that they're offering now. Blue, red, gray. I mean, these schools are going to find a way to get the guys that they want in. So, um, you know, certainly something for you to consider.
So read up on it, get the information on it. And that's that. All right. Well, listen, man, it's uh, about three hours we've done here just to kick off the party because tomorrow is a real party. Uh, it's National Signing Day to all of you that are signing tomorrow. Congratulations on signing your scholarship. Um, congratulations on all the hard work. Extremely happy that it's culminating in you being able to sign a letter of intent and sign a scholarship and have an opportunity. And that, again, is what it is. It's an opportunity. Didn't win the lotto, but it is certainly a great prize. It's all up to you how you treat it. But again, congratulations on that. For those of you not signing, it's, as I said, not the end of the world. You have some options available to you, junior college, prep school. If you've been offered a gray shirt, um, something for you to consider, as we talked about on the show here today. For those of you who um, are part of that money game, you may not know it, but if this decision tomorrow was not your own, uh, I think you've got some things to consider tonight. Um, I don't know how much you could do about changing it, um, but if it was not your decision and you're going to school, then prom hey, listen, promise me this, promise yourself this, that this is the last time someone makes such an important decision for you. From this point forward, be your own man, make your own decisions, start that trend now, or you're looking for a lifetime of hurt and trouble. Make your own decisions. And you can allow people to advise you don't allow them to over-influence you, especially on something as important as this. That's going to be you in that town. That's going to be you going to class. That's going to be you a part of that team. It's going to be you taking orders from that coach. Make sure that this is your decision because you're the one that's going to be doing all the hard work, all the dirty work. So if, uh, if, if you're signing tomorrow, I hope this is your decision. And if it isn't, again, start taking steps now to make sure that that does not happen again. I want to thank all of my guests that came on the show tonight. Andrew Spivey from GatorCountry.com, Keith Niver from 247 Sports, Woody Womack from Rivals, Greg Biggins from Scout, Bill Green from Scout, Rob Cassidy from Rivals.com, Corey Bender from Scout.com. Also, the legend himself, Larry Bluestein, South Florida high school football reporter. One of the best in the game. I want to thank him. Also, Jeff Hillebrand from Western Reserve Academy to come on and talk about the prep school experience that they have there in Ohio. Appreciate him coming on. I want to thank all of you listeners that have listened to the Recruiting Roundtable all season long. I appreciate that. We're going to take some time off from the Recruiting Roundtable. Probably a couple of weeks off here. And then we're back at it again because recruiting is a round, year-round thing. We're going to jump into these seven-on-seven seven seasons. We're going to jump into the camp season here. So no reason to take no big hiatus. We do need to keep you all updated as to how the class of 2017 is doing. And class of 2017, you're up. You're next. It's your time now. Get yourself ready. Make the right moves and put yourself in a great position so that when your time comes around, when this time comes around next year, you are in the best position possible and uh, you can have yourself on the stage on signing day celebrating with mom, dad, and the family. Uh, so all your listeners, I'd like to say thank you to you for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. Um, the next show is going to be on Friday with my co-host, Emil Calamino. We'll be at 8 a.m., 8 a.m., so make note of the time. We're normally on at 10, but we'll be on at 8 a.m. We need to talk about this big game coming up this weekend. It's Super Bowl. We'll be talking about it here on the Gridiron Stud Show. So 
So for all of you out there, thank you for listening. For all of my guests, thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate you listening. I'll see you guys on Friday. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Set Show. Lost in a You high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting, we've got people visiting, we've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen.